0: Welcome to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along uh, Lakina McGee, my partner, she she'll be here in a few minutes. But until then, your shoulder will take over the reins for this show for uh, for the time being. I am Sydney Brown, aka Sid the Kid. You can follow your truly on the Twitter in the IG at sidkid 80 Once again that's sidkid 80 That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. Download that Sports on Chicago app today, wherever you get your ass, whether it's uh, Apple, iTunes, uh, Amazon, Google Play, wherever you get your ass, make sure it says Sports Zone Chicago because you can uh, listen and watch any of our live, other five live shows, including this one, Sega City Sports. And if you happen to miss any of our live shows, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you follow also follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, you could do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeart uh, Radio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms: W A R R on Anchor. Once again, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can follow the guys at War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Face uh, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe uh, to our lovely program here at Second City Sports. We are on Pod fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have an opinion of any of our topics during our two-hour extravaganza, so you can go to Face uh, Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube and type in your questions in the comments. Questions or comments in the comment section, you're sure to get them up on the screen for you. Let's start off this Friday edition of Second City Sports, of uh, the first Friday show for the month of February. By uh, first of all, happy Black History Month to all of you to all those people listening and watching out there. Uh, the, the topic that's been talked about all week long is the uh, Brian Flores, former NFL coach, who filed a lawsuit back on February 1st. Flores filed a class-action lawsuit against the NFL, the New York football giants, the Denver Broncos, and the Miami Dolphins organization's alleging racial discrimination. The suit claims that the text messages he received from New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, as well as media reports, showed that the New York Giants decided to hire Brian Dable, the, the former office according of to of the Buffalo Bills has said the coach before interviewing any minority candidates. The Giants, who scheduled an interview with Flores on, for January 27th, had allegedly decided on Debo on, by January 23rd. Flores also accused John Elway in the Broncos management of conducting another sham head coach interview with him back in 2019, arriving an hour late and appearing hungover after drinking heavily the night before. But lawsuit additionally alleges that. Brian Flores' tenure with the Dolphins team owner Stephen Ross pressured him to tank, deliberately lose games, offer him hundred thousand dollars each for each loss for for the Dolphins to get a better draft picks for the following season. In to Tampa with the quarterback uh, to Tampa with the quarterback before free agency, which turned out to be uh, Tom Brady. Of course, Tom Brady went on to Tampa Bay from New England. And if Flores refused to tank achieving two consecutive winning series and refused to tamper. Ross fired him and lied about why the Palm beach post reported that the quarterback Tom Brady was Tom Brady that I just mentioned. And also with the lawsuit uh, demands damages and a relief in the form of, of changes to hiring, retention, termination and paid transparency practices for coaching and executive positions in the NFL. Here's the thing, guys. I, I don't, if Brian Flores didn't file this lawsuit, I don't think uh, um, that um, we'll be uh, talking about this as much. But with Brian Flores filing this lawsuit, do do we think that it's going to change anything? I'm not sure. Remember, this is the 20th year of the Rooney Rule, and a couple of years ago, we had about eight or nine black head coaches that were hired. But it, it, it's it's still a long process. We still have a long way ra- way to go before we get to that point. As I bring in my co-host, Miss Lakina McGee, uh, to the show. Lakina, how are you?
1: Sorry about that, folks. Had a busy morning, so <laughs> so uh, yeah. The, the Brian Flores uh, situation. You know what? Look, I say good for him. I mean, look, it doesn't take a rocket science to say that there's a lot going on here with the. You know, with the hiring practices, you saw the coaching carousel from the National Football League so far. With you know, Doug Peterson been hired as the head coach of the Jazz, but yet you know, all the you know the, the vacancies so far have been filled by you know white coaches. You know, whether they're young or a little bit older. And look, for Flores. I mean, you know, all this started. You know, uh, I mean, uh, I, you know, Armando. I don't know if they, our buddy Armando. What's up, Armando? Said that helps civil rights. Welcome back, involved. Armando what's up i know you've been there you know, you've been you know, out of the out of the off the grid for a little bit i'm know, nice to have you back but yeah i, I mean you know what i don't know if it's gonna get to that i don't think it's gonna get to like maybe you know maybe an al sharpton or somebody like that elk you know try to come in and you know and then he'll you know, probably they'll try to intervene i don't think it's gonna get to that point i think it's not you know, there might be I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I don't know how you feel about this. I do not be surprised if they settle this out of court because I think the last in the NFL needs to sort of like something like this to kind of, you know, go, you know, kind of go off the rails, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think he, and I think, you know, Flores, Flores is a very smart guy. He knows that he's probably going to end up getting black ball when all this, all is said and done. And, you know, I think they're going to settle. I don't think it's, they're going to let it, you know, get to a point where, you know what, you know, I don't know if they're going to, NFL's not going to want like a long trial, but you know, We'll see, but I got to like I said. I don't think it's going to get to the courts. I think it's going to get settled. Get settled, and you know, unfortunately, it will be right back to where we started.
0: I'm with you, looking at think uh, And Jason Palmer, our, our, our colleague at Sports on Chicago, uh, he has a show called "What's Up, Cousin?" with his cousin, yes. Lancy Irvin, every Monday from six to eight on mm-hmm. Sports on Chicago Live, and live in Living Color. He was on Shauna Maya on Wednesday. He's basically said the same thing when the, that's basically when the story broke. Lakina, even uh, I, there's a lot of holes, in my opinion, that is missing from this story in terms of Brian Flores. I think it will come out in due time. But, Lakina, even if some of the allegations are true or some of them are not, does the NFL really want to open up Pandora's box? I don't think so.
1: I doubt yeah, it. Why I, why I said don't it's think so. Get, yeah, that's why I said it's probably going to end up getting a sell and I think they don't wanna have those floodgates open, those Pandora's box, you know, the stuff with Elway and the rest of the brass and with the Broncos and the Giants and what they allegedly did and the you know the Dolphins, you know, stuff and that that stuff with the with the you know throwing games, you know, that's you know, that that's you know, that kind of came out also Hugh Jackson, you know, when he was you know with the Browns head coach, you know, it's definitely one of those things where you're kind of like, no, you know what, it's not, yeah, it just isn't. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't think they're gonna wanna open that. That Pandora's box of things happening—I just don't see it. It's not. It's not. Uh, people were hoping that we'll burn it down, tear it down. No, it's it's not going to happen.
0: You're listening to Second City Sports on the Friday edition, the first show for the month of February on the, f- the Friday show for the month of February, right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in the Living Color. Sid Lakin here with you discussing the Brian Flores uh, pending lawsuit uh, against the NFL, the New York Football Giants the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos Lakina know some people uh, have said over the last 24 48 hours or so that the uh, Brian Flores who was we we were we were on the air uh, on Black Monday when when he was fired uh, it took the league uh, by surprise both his own players and his uh, coaching fraternity and from around the National Football League some people may say that he's a, a man scorned They may, could be at the end of the day. Right now, we're not sure. Like I said, there's a lot of missing pieces in the story. So I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon just yet. But I want to break down a couple of elements in the story. Now, the Bill Belichick text, you know, you can, uh, how many times that you sent a message to somebody, whether it's email or text message or Or call somebody, you meant to call somebody, you call somebody else. It's happened. I've done it a few times. Not often, but we all have done it a couple times Mm -hmm. in our lives. So uh, if if there's something else to those uh, Bill Belichick text messages, okay. But right now, I'm not so sure. Now, the John Elway situation, how are you going to prove that? You can't illegally record somebody without their knowledge. And I think that's all across the board. So I, I, uh, we know that all these companies and all wherever office you work from or what kind of companies you work from, we all, we all know that it has security cameras everywhere you go. Okay. But if you have actual security footage, call me crazy, but if you mm-hmm. have actual security footage or audio that is that is clear to listen to, how are you going to prove that? I'm not saying that didn't happen. I'm not saying it's not possible, but in this situation. Uh, unless you have um, ocular proof, uh, uh, that's that's going to be hard to prove in the court of law. Now, I want to get to this uh, third part first. The owner of the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, of course, he's been known to uh, throughout the last few years to give causes uh, his own money to uh, social justice projects mm-hmm. and things along that line. And I'm not saying that this doesn't happen where an owner tells coaches. To throw games or to develop players because they're not uh they're not there and they're playing to win right away. I get that part, but once again, how are you going to prove that what Stephen Ross said was true? Of course, he came. Stephen Ross came out with a statement, says that he didn't say that. Of course, the Cleveland Browns personnel came out and said yesterday that uh, with Hugh Jackson, which I'll get oh, to yeah. in a moment. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Blah blah blah. John Elway said we conducted a fair interview. By me getting drugged, I don't know anything about that. That's not true, and yada, yada, yada. But with Stephen Ross, especially now with these professional leagues uh, um, married to these gambling companies like DraftKings and Duel, yeah. the integrity of the NFL could be shambled, okay, if the, if the Stephen Ross allegations are true. One, he should... He should lose his right to own the team if that allegation is true. And number two, you ask your fans to pay hundreds of dollars for a ticket for one game, tailgate, and you know, all these sports books, including here in Chicago, whenever they build that new Bears stadium in Arlington Heights, they're gonna have sports books inside the arena, okay, for fans to bet. Mm-hmm. And you and you have uh, owners with mentalities like that to tank games—that that's just not acceptable. I also listened to former players on these radio shows these last 24, 48 hours. I think Bart Scott of ESPN brought up a great point. You're an NFL player. You worked all your life from high school, college, and out to the pros. You worked hard all week to prepare to play a game. Oh, are you going to tell those players that work their tails off to go tank a game? I don't think so. And this just not acceptable. It goes on their resume, and especially if you're a free agent. Um, the, uh, the, the teams that looking, uh, they're looking to, um, pick up, pick you up for your services. They're going to look at, did this guy play hard on this play? Did he quit on that play? Did he go through the motions that it, 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 it's just a whole lot of uh, barriers there. And I'll, and like you said, I don't think the NFL wants to touch.
1: And it's going to be sort of interesting too, if there is proof, I mean, it proved that, you know, that he did say these things, you know, I've talked about Mr. Ross and, you know, I know he, <laughs> Hugh Jackson and what he said when, you know, with the, the brass at Cleveland at the time, you know, was saying the same thing, you know, hey, let's tank, you know, for this guy. It's just, you know, you, you better have proof. Look, we're not, look, no one's saying that this doesn't happen. We've seen it happen, unfortunately. You know, Tony Dungy wrote a really, you know, you know a really uh, beautiful uh, statement. You know, he could go through his Twitter account. You know, he went – look, he he had to wait 20 years for his opportunity to become a head coach. Even though he worked under Chuck Knoll and, you know, many other various coordinators and the players loved him, he had still have to wait 20 years to get his first opportunity as a head coach. Now, as far as, you know, the game aspect of it, yeah, that's why the NFL has kind of been up front, you know, in front of, you know, with the fan duels and, you know, those type of places, you know, to kind of get in front of, the the gambling aspect with, you know, fantasy and those type of things and parlays. So if this thing here with the – you know, tanking game, tanking, or, you know, throwing games and and such. You know, again, I don't think it's going to, you know, hopefully, you know, it doesn't open like that Pandora's box. I mean, all this other stuff with what the Giants did allegedly did and what Elway allegedly did, you know, and the rest of the brass, you know, that's going to be hard to prove unless you have, like, video of it or you have text Mm -hmm. messages, you know, and emails and such. But, you know, this stuff here, I mean, again, unless you have proof, I mean, you, you better don't throw this out there unless you have proof, so... You know, I, I hope he does for his own sake, but I, I think it's not going to get to the point where it's going to be, you know, met with, a, you know, in front of, you know, court in front of a judge. I think it's going to get settled. I think, you know, all this stuff is going to, you know, get settled. And one of the one of the, uh, the parts of the deal is that he may have to perhaps maybe he may have to be blackballed from the NFL because you know, people rarely sue the NFL and live to tell about it. So.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Look at Colin Kaepernick. Um, so we not we're not going to get go through that whole situation, but he took the money for the, from the NFL for various other reasons. We won't get into that. People could do the research on themselves for themselves. Listen, to the Sega city sports, the Friday edition right here on sports. On Chicago, we're live and Eleven color. Sailor Keenan here with you. we we'll have a few minutes left to talk about the Brian Flores lawsuit situation. If you have a question or comment for us regarding uh, this topic, you can go to facebook.com backslash Chicago or go to sports on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Laquina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina. there's one person that that I have been thinking about for the last 24 to 48 hours. I know this guy is mad that his team lost in the AFC Championship game last week. I'm talking about Kansas City offensive coordinator Eric Biennium. He's been up Uh, He's been a candidate for these head coaching jobs the last two or three years. Uh, I believe that he's been a victim of his success, and that's why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job. Lakina, imagine if the Kansas City Chiefs uh, defeated the Cincinnati Bengals last Sunday. Remember, this is the weekend of the Pro Bowl, which no one cares about. You you heard some players talking about this as this has been big news. Call me crazy again. This is going to dominate Super Bowl week next week in Los Angeles. You know the NFL does not want any of this smoke, but you know and I know that it's coming. If you're Eric Bieniemy in a way, people can still reach out to him for comment right now, but he you know, he doesn't have to talk, okay? But imagine if the Kansas City Chiefs were getting ready to play the L.A. Rams next week in Los Angeles. Don't tell me that every reporter from around the world would have asked him a question regarding Brian Forrest. Are you with Brian Forrest? Are you going to join me in a lawsuit? Oh. Um, uh, are, uh, does this mean you finally going to get the job right now? Who you with? Who you against? And uh, it it, it would have been been a crap show. So I know Eric Bienement still wants to coach in the National Football League, but I think on the on the flip side, I think in a way that he doesn't have to deal with this head on in front of a, a worldwide media next week in the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. I think this part is a blessing in the skies for him, as far as had to deal with the media while you are trying to get your team prepared to win a championship.
1: It's sort of, I don't know if it's going to get good to be. I think there might be some questions about it. I think if you're the NFL, you want to try to control the narrative and say, you know, you know what, you know, there will be no questions. You know, I think, you know, play, if players are free to maybe like express their opinions, but I don't think that they want to kind of get deep into it because, like, you know, they don't want it to be, you know, go forward towards the game. It doesn't want to be taken away towards the NFL, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, the big stage and, you know, in Los Angeles. There, there'll probably be some limits too. I mean, with, you know, COVID cases, you know, it has plateaued in Los Angeles. it's still a, very big issue so I think there are going to be other things that they're going to they're going to be worried about you know besides this but I think they're going to try to control the message and maybe control the you know the aspect of it and say you know what if you want to you know they may I don't know if they're going to warn people you know players and coaches not to talk about it they might they might mention it I mean you know maybe Zach Taylor and you know Sean McVay may mention it kind of in passing and maybe express their opinions but I don't think it's gonna to get to a point where I'm sure they're gonna tell their guys, look, you know, if you want to express your, your opinion about it, fine, but don't don't get to the point where it becomes a distraction, where you know it's gonna be played all over you know, and all over the social media, and all over the internet, where it becomes a distraction. So I said, look, if you wanna make this express your opinion about it, fine. If you don't, that's fine too. But you know, just don't say anything that's not gonna, you know, gonna take attention away from the game itself.
0: Couple more things about the subject before we break for the bottom of the hour. This is the 20th, as I mentioned at the top. This is the 20th year of the Rooney Rule. Lakina, remember the 2001 Chicago Bears? They had the turnaround season, 13 and three, yep. And the first year of that rule, even though the Bears finished the following year in Champaign, uh, I believe it was four and 12. But Greg yeah. Blash was up for the head coaching job. I forgot mm-hmm. what the other guy's name was, but Greg Blash was up for the San Francisco job after uh, Steve Mariucci was let go for the 2002 playoffs. Remember, the 49ers were, uh, were, were um, showcasing him in front of the media. Well, mm-hmm. he's he's a candidate for the job and this and that. He's the right guy for the job. And guess what happened? Dennis Erickson. Yes, that Dennis Erickson that led the University of Miami to the national championship in 1991. The 49ers signed him in the back door and he got the job. Yep. Now, fast forward to years later, has this system worked? Yes and no. Will all 32 teams have a black hat coach? No, that's unrealistic. And as I mentioned, back in 2017, 2018, we had, I think, eight or nine black head coaches. Mm-hmm. And remember, we talked about Steve Wilkes in Arizona. He got a raw deal, not because of his skin color, because uh, he had a broke Sam Bradford in the uh, organization of the, the Cardinals. Wasn't wanted, there. yeah. Right, and, and they wanted Cliff Kingsbury, so he got the ax. Van Joseph, he lasted two years. He got the ax. And we only have one black head coach right now, and that's Mike Tomlin. Here's the thing, Lakina. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know everything because I don't know. No one knows everything, including your chili, but I go by common sense. This Rooney rule has worked some years to some years that it, it hasn't. I was racking my brain for the last 48 hours to come up with a better plan. I'm a realist, not a kumbaya's, which means going mm-hmm. on to get along. But I cannot come up with a better sister, Lukina. Can you?
1: Well, yeah, and it's, it's sort of one of those things where I don't know that the the rule was flawed from the get go. I know that our um, ruin the seconds, you know, made a comment yesterday saying that you know, yes, there are more black, you know, black GMs. You know, Minnesota's new GM is black. The Bears' new GM is black. You know, the Lions' GM is black. I know there are a few others as well. Yeah, we yes, have six
0: that, in total right now. Six in total,
1: and that's <laughs> and you know that that's good because you know, ten years ago there was maybe what one maybe. Mm-hmm. But now, but, you know, now, and I think, look, I don't think there's a system. I mean, if you, if you have a, another system, they, hey, please tell us, because I don't, I don't have an answer. You know, they're, they this is going to be sort of a thing where, you know, folks are going to hire whoever they're comfortable with. So, you know, unfortunately, that's the world we're living in. And look, if this helps, you know, change, you know, maybe, change, look, I don't know, look, do you have a solution? You know, I don't think there is a solution. I don't think there is a perfect solution for it. But, you know, if it is, hey, please tell me, because I, I, I don't, I, I've been racking my brain too for the last like few months, like, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to say.
0: <laughs> like I said, this story is far from open. We'll keep you posted on any developments right here on Second City Sports, on Sports, on Chicago. Lakina, uh, we had to break for two and two. On the flip side, we had to talk about the Chicago Bulls. A couple of things annoyed me about last night's game. We'll give you our thoughts about the All Star reserves and the best and worst from the NBA from this past week. And let's say we can sneak in some college basketball, too, as we uh, transition over to uh, talking about the game of round ball. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown. That's me. You listen to the Second City Sports, the Friday edition, live in the living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
2: AutomotiveMap.com presents the sports flash on the sport Zone Chicago. NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago, a half game out of first place in the East, 29-17 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7-10. of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 500, 23-22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6-30 Central. Puck drop, the Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Mark andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest from the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24, Illinois, 56 55 over number 10, Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59 47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the SCORE app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths.
3: My's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. A blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates. Write from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Discover exceptionally common sense.
0: Welcome back to Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports, live and live in living color on the Friday edition, the first Friday show for the month of February. Happy Black History Month to all those listening and watching out there. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Let's transition over to. Of the Chicago Bulls looking as we talk about the 32 and 19 Chicago Bulls. Let's get into this basketball talk after defeating the Orlando Magic at the UC on Tuesday by 11. The Bulls in a makeup game from December 16th last night in Toronto they drop a heartbreaker 127 to 122 the Toronto Raptors on the road in overtime. DeMar DeRozan, the All-Star starter, had 28 points off a 7 17 shooting. Zach Levine, who was named uh, All-Star reserve, we'll get to the rest of the list in just a moment. He had 15 points on two of four shooting from downtown, six of ten overall. Kobe White, the only person who did anything consistently coming off the bench, had 16 points, four of eight shooting from downtown. Io Desumu, in the starting role at the point guard position, had eight assists with 11 points and and four rebounds off a of five of 12 shooting. Nikolai Vucevic, in 39 minutes of action, had 30 points and 18 rebounds. Lakina, I teased before the break Though something that's been annoying me these last few games for the Chicago Bulls. We talk about the interior defense. We know that's been a problem all year. It's not just Vucevic, but Tony Bradley, who's been a big disappointment. And um, my guy, Javante Green, he could defend, but he's a small guy compared to Giannis and Blake Griffin And some of the other big guys, Joel and will just kill him in, in match because of his height. The interior defense has been a problem for the Bulls. You're reading all this, but the perimeter defense, especially in last night's game, especially in the last few minutes, it annoyed the hell out of me. And yes, we can place blame on the injuries with Caruso and Lonzo Ball to a certain extent. I get that, but shouldn't it be at least a little bit better than what I've been seeing for the last couple of weeks?
1: It's sort of one of those things where you can tell. Look, all their defensive guys are missing right now. Lonzo's, you know, missing. Alex Caruso's missing. I think they're your the, the weather, you know. Also, you know, Derek Jones Jr. as well. Believe it or not, whether folks like it or not, those are your best defensive guys. So, and they're they're out for a while, and you kind of have to try to score more points, you know, than they than they do, and than your opponent. And unfortunately, in this case, it, it worked. It worked against Orlando, but you know, it didn't work against Toronto. And granted, Toronto has been playing better lately, so. Yeah, you know, they, they this will be four in a row for them. But is that HK yeah,
0: or Mark Eversley calling you?
1: <laughs> I think yeah, that might be. Uh, they, well, they don't. Well, remember they don't really like they keep it, You know how they keep things too close to the vest. So they wouldn't be.
0: calling <laughs> Oh, me, okay. But, I was just making sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, you know, I, I think people need to remember that he's still a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. leaving Gary, you know, Gary Trent Jr., who's been hot lately, wide open. You know, probably not mm-hmm. the smartest thing to do. Um, you know, and like I said before, the zone defense kind of got the best of the Bulls late in that overtime, but look, I think the, look, I'm not going to freak out here. I know they got a game tonight. They got a, had a travel. It's not like they had to travel because they went from Toronto to Indianapolis. So it's not, it's not a, a, a you know, it's not a long um trek. but you know, hopefully they can bounce back tonight against a Pacers team that, you know, I don't want to say they're, you know, they, they been up and down too. They've, they've still a couple of wins against both the LA teams and their road trip and such, but you know, yeah, I think your best bet is just, just hope that you can, you know, if you're the Bulls, you're hoping that maybe you can, you know, finish you know before the the All Star break. You got like a good, a, t- a tough stretch. So you got like six games, in, like like ten days or seven and ten days or something like that. So you didn't have a good start in that first game. Now you got to come back. Now Zach's back's bothering him, and you know Kobe's a little bit banged up as well. I think you know, I think for some teams, I think the All Star break can't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. And look, we'll see what happens, you know, in this game tonight. But yeah, they've got to. Then they got a tough one, they got a matinee against the Sixers. They're like what eight and oh and eight, I should say, against Joel Embiid, B, you know, since he joined the league. So, you know, that's another kind of you know, we went through the schedule.
0: Yeah, oh, against them this so far this season.
1: Well, no, 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 his entire his entire career. I know, I'm I was
0: just say, saying for this season is Well, to. they're
1: over too. Yeah, they're they're over. They're they they've lost like, like eight or nine in a row since he joined the league. So, you know, for me, I think this, you know, the schedule for the Bulls, if you can, you know. You kind of been up and down with the Bulls with the Sixer, especially you're still short-handed. And look, you've got to, like I said before that tough stretch. You know, you got Indiana tonight, of course, Philly at you're know, gonna start the tip-off time at 2:30. Then you got then you gotta host Phoenix that next day on Monday. And you gotta go at Charlotte, you know, for on Wednesday. That's the ESPN game. And you got you know, on Friday, you got Minnesota, then you got OKC. then you got OKC, then you got San Antonio. And Sacramento and you know, Sacramento before you, know, you finish the break. You know, the good news is you can get those those, you know, after the Charlotte, you know, game, you get those last four before the all-star break at home. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Hopefully you can finish like at five and two or like maybe have it at four and three. You know, then you can kind of have, you know, go into the break and just, you know, hold the forward until Caruso and Ball can come back and Jones Jr. as well.
0: Going back to last night's game uh, for Toronto, they had balance scoring. Pascal Siakam, the former All Star, in 45 minutes of action, he had 25 points off a 9 and 22 shooting. He also had 13 rebounds. Scotty Barnes, who could be another candidate for rookie of the year next to Evan Mobile, the Cavaliers, he had 21 points off a 9 and 16 shooting. He also had eight rebounds. Fred Van Fleet, not from Chicago, but he's from downstate in Rockford. Uh, not downstate, but next-door neighbor to us in Rockford, Illinois. Um, he, in 42 minutes of action, he had 21 points and 9 assists. Gary Trent Jr., as you mentioned, Lakeena, he had the dagger uh, with the 3-point shot made in overtime. He had 16 points off of 3-of-8 shooting from downtown. And Boucher, uh, who came off the bench for Toronto, he had 16 points off of 8-of-14 shooting. Lakina, we talk about Toronto, who they're now 4 games over the 500, Mark at 27-23 we talked about their struggles last year playing in Tampa due to covid and the restrictions from the um province of Canada this year they had a couple of fans in there last night so maybe solar they will start to get some more fans in there as we start to um loosen our restrictions hopefully with with the with this a variant from from, from covid toronto we talked about miami which we'll get to in a few minutes but toronto if they ever get that stuff together maybe they add a piece at the trade next week's trade deadline they could be another team. They're they're in the mix right now as far as the playing tournament. But this is a, a nice young squad. They're not the championship team they were three years ago. But I don't think you want to play them either.
1: Well, yeah, like we'll see what if they do. You know, pull off a, a move. You know, before a trade deadline next next Thursday. And look, it's going to be very interesting. You know, and then look, they had their you know a, a slow start earlier this year. Now they're kind of back into it. I think they're like I think they're only about half full. And they you know there was a time when they couldn't play in front of anyone in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So now is I think like half full now. You know, they may after the also break they you know, with numbers going down, they may go back in full capacity. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But you know, look, I think Toronto's sort of one of those teams, you know, they have to were the kind of like, you know, that one and done with, you know, you know, Kawhi came and won a championship and then left. And then you have all these other mm-hmm. but you know, look, Van Fleet will get to him in a second. You know, they got Siakam still there. So you got you got players there. And I and I think look, Toronto, are they a contender in the East? You know, who knows? But you know they're, they're, I think if you're a Raptors fan, there are plenty out there. I think you're you're happy where you're at right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Just a reminder: the Bulls Pacers game can be seen tonight at six p.m. local time on NBC Sports Chicago. Nationally, it can be seen on. NBA league pass. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live and in and living color on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we talk Bulls in the NBA. Lakina, as we always do, let's go backwards <laughs> as far as the best and worst of the. Uh, before we do that, uh, we, we mentioned a couple of pairs that were announced as All Star reserves for the All Star game in a couple of weeks uh, in the state of Ohio, Cleveland to be exact, the city. Um, the. Uh, I know you're going to go through each of the names, but looking at the list, did anything surprise you in terms of the list? I think maybe one player surprised me, but as far as that, I'm not going to throw my beautiful hard earning money computer out of the window. I think uh, the, uh, the coaches got the reserve list from both conferences. Correct.
1: Yeah. I think think, like I have no issues with a lot of these. I mean, Darius girls had a great season. We know we thought that maybe he deserved it in the Mm all-star game. You know, know, Corey (laughs) Zach got in that this is his fourth and, third, I should say, uh Jason Tatum, you know, Van Fleet, this is his first. He's just the second, you know, undrafted guy that went undrafted. Of course, you know, Hall of Famer Ben Walls was the other guy to get to the all-star, you know, game. to the the all-star game, you know, after despite being undrafted. On the the west side, I mean, you know, okay. Nothing really. I mean, Draymond will you know, Draymond's not gonna play. He probably will play for another two or three weeks. So someone's gonna take that spot. You know, CP three, you know. I think it's DeAndre
0: should take his spot. Yeah, we'll From see.
1: He, yeah, we'll see if that's the, that's the case with in that uh, Booker, you know, Luke, Luca, you know, Rudy Gobert. I know he's has some, you know, he was he's been banged up too. So it's, we'll see if he's able to play in a few weeks. But yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't, wanna, I don't have an issue with any of these guys. I mean, it, it's it's fine. I mean, look, like, no one plays defense in the All Star game anyway. So oh, oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't you, say. <laughs> look, Ale got into the the Rising Stars game. I think the way they're 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 changing the format a little bit. I think they're doing like a U.S. versus World thing or something of that effect. Yeah, like a four groups or something like that. So, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, I, I really don't have a gripe with any of these.
0: Yeah, like I'm with you, Lakina. I, I said Draymond Green. I know he's been injured the last few weeks. OK, I, I understand the numbers uh, when he was in the lineup, when he was healthy. The Warriors got off to that great start, but uh, they struggled since he's been injured these last few weeks. But outside of that, like I said, we said that Darius Garland and Zach Levine from the Bulls should make the all-star team. They both of them did. So I really have no c- complaints about it. So we'll we'll leave it there and, and, and move on. Lakenna, let's start off with last night's games on TNT. We'll take the second one first as we get into the best and worst from around the league. The L.A. Clippers even their record at 27 and 27 after defeating the Los Angeles Lakers 110 to 111, 111 110, rather, courtesy of Reggie Jackson's game-winning layup. The Los Angeles Lakers trailed by double digits the majority of that second half, but they turned it around late thanks to Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and Malik Bunk with a couple of big baskets down down the stretch. But they're just like the Bulls: the interior defense and the paint, well, that's what's been killing them all year long, besides the injuries. And the Clippers made them pay last night
1: yeah they did i saw a little bit at the end of that game and you know jackson hit that you know that that layup with a few seconds left and look you know ad had a shot you know he had the shot that he won i think he shot yeah it i'm surprised he got
0: it off in the yeah, way I mean, that he did I, it was not contested
1: yeah i think it was a little bit it might be a little bit rushed a little bit because they didn't have any timeouts they could probably right. they to set up the game a little bit you know more fully but you know look i think it's Look, I think if you're the Clippers, that you're, you're doing what you can to kind of like stay afloat until you, you know, PG comes back and Kawhi could come back hopefully, you know, before you know by March. So, you know, you're kind of like sort of struggling. But look, I think you got to commend the Clippers for doing for trying to kind of sort keep things sort of you know afloat. Now, as far as the Lakers, I mean, you know, look, LeBron didn't play. You know, his knees been you know been bothering him lately. And look, AD had a you had a chance, but you know, you thought that maybe just maybe if they had a nice win against Portland. Had to come right back. Well, they didn't. Well, they had to travel because you know they're they basically had to stay there. be able to stay in their same, you know, routine at home. But you know, again, this is sort of one of those things. You know, they they don't have anything to trade. They have nothing of value. So you're you're kind of like you know someone brought up a trade maybe perhaps to for the Knicks for percent Westward Westbrook to the Knicks and it's just it, it wouldn't. Yeah. He, no, no, that's not going to happen. I, I don't see that happening for one. And two, look, yo, know, Tim's is having his own issues with the Knicks and I don't, I don't think Westbrook's going to make things any better. So. You know, just forget
0: about and they, that. Yeah, and they're talking about perhaps picking up Paul up about the scrap heap for the Lakers. Who, you're really in dire straits when that starts happening because you have no one uh, of value to trade outside of Taylor, to Horton, Tucker. Lakina, let's go to the first game that was on TNT last night. It was the Atlanta Hawks uh, defeating the Phoenix Suns, 124-115. to 115. Devin Booker had 32 for the Suns. Trey Young off of Cincinnati 11 shooting from three-point range had a game-high 43.
1: Yeah, that's what what propelled them to win that game. I know the you know, the Suns. I know they looked very they were very disappointed. Now, John Collins. I know he got banged up. You know, so we'll you know he's still in the division with nineteen. But I know he got a little bit banged up there with, a, with a, I think an elbow injury. So we'll see you know how serious that is. And look, I think this is one of those days where you really can stop Trey Young. You know, there was really, look, I think the Suns did everything right, but you know Trey Young had the hot hand, so there was really nothing he could you know nothing he could do to try to stop him. So look, you're gonna have these types of losses. Look, you're 41 and 10. Okay, okay so 10 losses the season out of 51 games. So you know you don't have to don't have to you know scratch your scratch your head about that. But you know yeah, this is a nice win for Atlanta. I think they needed this win more than the Suns did. I mean they're one game mm-hmm. under 500 now. So we'll see if this if they start to kind of you know chug along if maybe they can pull up a run together before the break. But you know yeah, like I said, the, the Hawks need, a win, need this win more than the Suns did.
0: Couple more games to highlight quickly. Let's uh, go back to Wednesday's. Uh, action the Boston Celtics and the Charlotte Hornets, they're gonna battle for that fourth, fifth, sixth spot. Uh, the Celtics defeated the Hornets on Wednesday, 113 to 107. But, uh, the ESPN game, the first game I had a chance to watch this, uh, at least the, the fourth quarter, which turned out to be exciting. But, John Morant. Uh, lit up the New York skyline uh, in, the, in the national television. performance at MSG. The Grizzlies held off the Knicks for a 120 to 108 win. They're, like you mentioned, there's trouble in New York City with, regarding the Knicks, but Memphis Grizzlies uh, are starting. They're, they're telling people we're for real, and that number four spot in the West is no fluke.
1: Yeah, Memphis were able to bounce back from that overtime loss to the to the Sixers. You know, a couple of days before, but mm-hmm. you know they were able to kind of come back and win this game. And, and look, I mean, I think the Grizzlies they're kind of one of those teams where can they hang on i think that's going to be sort of the question can they hang on after the all-star break it's you know we'll, we'll see i mean look they're they were able to hold down forward job ja when job ja was banged up and now they're even better with him being back now again can they hang on you know that's a whole nother story Now as for new york you know ever for you had 30 you know to lead the way there i know you know julius Randle. he hasn't said anything but i know there's been some you know issues there i know the new york fans are starting to turn on him so
0: yeah you know, talking like, about trading him
1: <laughs> yeah like like kind of like clockwork there you know sending him to the Lakers, back to the lakers i guess that's probably where <laughs> you know, all this stuff's coming from but yeah i, I mean you know, you're hoping maybe you know i think if you're the knicks i think that the, the break can't come soon enough quick enough but we'll see um i want to talk about this utah denver matchup um mm-hmm. you know they did you know utah had a nice bounce back when you know of course donovan mitchell finally was able to come back from uh, concussion protocols and you know, look, I got a chance to watch a little bit of this game via this lovely little laptop here. And you know, you know, Mitchell Mitchell still didn't play, even though he has cleared your know, protocol. But they did enough to, to to kind of lead the way. Mike Conley Jr. had 17. Trent Forrest, who's been kind of like been the guy to kind of try to hold things down, you know, while Mitchell's recovering, he had 18, led the way there. Rudy Gay had 15 off the bench. So they you know they looked pretty good. You know, the, the Utah. So hopefully, you know, angles is hurt. He's gone for the year with the ACL injury. Hopefully Mitchell can come back for their next game. And, you know, I think Utah, you know, they're 31 and 21 right now. I know they've kind of struggled a bit since those injuries, but, you know, we'll see. I know Goldbearer is still banged up too. So they're, they're doing, they're trying. I, 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 I commend mm-hmm. the Jazz for that. They're trying to kind of sort of keep things together.
0: And real quick, before we get to the, uh, the schedule for the weekend uh, slate, the Brooklyn Nets—they need Kevin Durant in the worst way. They lost uh, their first two games of West Coast road trip thus far. They lost at Phoenix on Tuesday, and they had a bad loss like Sacramento on Wednesday.
1: Six, six in a row for the Nets—they've lost, <laughs> and I think they did. <clears throat> they heard Kyrie said that they did like a players-only meeting, which you know is never a good sign when they're doing when a, a team is doing that. But you know, it's sort of one of those things where I think you just—they just need Durant back. I think the inconsistencies of the of the you know the nets and look i don't know what can be done i know that they they look they didn't look really good against the 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 kings if you saw that game uh, a couple of days ago they just didn't look good at all i mean you know they did what they like i said what they're trying but you can tell that they desperately missed durant you know i know Claxton Mm -hmm. had 23 i know tardin was coming back from you know banged up you know he only had four points so that that didn't help them either so (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's one of the, I mean, it's, it's one of those days where you're like, you know, they're, they're still going to be a favorite to win. I'm not going to, you know, throw them to the wolves just yet, but you know, they need, you know, Durant back. He's still got a few, few weeks before he can come back. You know, I know Joe Johnson had 18 off the bench, but they're going to be hard to step up along with, you know, with Kyrie. Kyrie struggled a little bit as well. You know, he was, he was only five for 15. So, you know, the things kind of need to come ahead here. And I think, like I said, I don't think, Yo, Durant can solve some of the problems, but I don't think it's going to solve all the problems. So, mm-hmm.
0: you're listening to Second City Sports, the first Friday show for the month of February. Happy Black History Month alone with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. You, you're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina, quickly, let's go to the, some of the key games for this weekend, starting with tonight, which is the Friday night schedule. There is a doubleheader, but not on ESPN. The first game will be at six o'clock. On NBA TV will be the Cleveland Cavaliers visiting Charlotte to take on the Hornets at six o'clock. The Celtics at Pistons, remember that rivalry right back when we were kids, <laughs> How mm-hmm. times have changed. That's also going down at six o'clock. Uh, of course, Bulls Pacers at the same time at six thirty. The Hawks will travel to Toronto to take on the Raptors. Seven thirty, Houston at San Antonio at eight o'clock. M- mentioned the aforementioned Brooklyn Nets will pay a visit to the injury Utah Jazz. At 8 o'clock, New Orleans at Denver to take on the Nuggets. At 9 o'clock, on ESPN in Philadelphia at Dallas to take on the Mavericks. The Mavericks trying to bounce back for a bad loss on Wednesday Ooh. against OKC in overtime. Luka had Ugh. a triple-double in that game, but
1: that, that was ugly. That performance, yeah, if you yeah, saw the performance, yeah. they wasted a uh, door, kind of mm-hmm. led the way there. Door took over in that overtime, so yep. that's why they the were thund- able to fall.
0: Yeah, and the Thunder and the Blazers will wrap up tonight's schedule at uh, 9 o'clock. The-
1: Yeah, on Saturday, you got the Start Time here at four o'clock. I think this is a makeup game today. That's why for the 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 early start time, Memphis and Orlando. That should be a fun one. Uh, Miami coming off a big win against San Antonio. They needed that win desperately too after losing, you know, after losing earlier this week to Boston. So they really needed that win last, you know, a couple of nights ago. But they'll go to Charlotte to continue their road trip and continue their East Coast road trip. They'll play Washington. And the ABC game of the week at seven thirty our time. You got the Knicks and the Lakers both for having their struggles. We'll see if Le- the no <laughs> if the gonna be back for that game. You know, hopefully he can't because you know they really need him. Um, Milwaukee and Portland. You know, I know Milwaukee's kind of had their struggles too. Portland, <laughs> you know, is trying to keep things afloat We're with Dame out. You know, he'll be out for a while. And uh, OKC and Sacramento. I know Sacramento's been having some issues. You know, and such, you know, OKC, like you said. All yeah, they, they got out. blown
0: out by the Warriors last yes, night. <laughs>
1: yeah, I saw that. It was just ooh, not terrible. I think these are these are kind of, you know, uh, coming to come a head in uh, Sacramento. Don't be surprised if you see some of their guys get traded or at the very mm-hmm. least, you know, the subject of the trade rumors against OKC at nine o'clock on Saturday tomorrow.
0: Yep. Wrapping up the weekend schedule, let's go to Sunday. Of course, the 76ers will travel here to Chicago to take on the Bulls at 2.30. At 2.30 on Sunday, the Pistons go to Minnesota to take on a surprise in Timberwolves. They're right in the playoff mix in the West. At 2.30 on NBA TV is Brooklyn at Denver. That should be exciting, especially if you get James Harden and Kyrie Irving back. If you get get Jokic back on the flip side for uh, Denver, he didn't play on Wednesday and they lost to Utah. At 5 o'clock, the Pacers will travel to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. At the same time, Boston at Orlando at five o'clock on Sunday night on ESPN. We have Atlanta at Dallas. That should be a fun one. Luca versus Trey Young at six o'clock. New Orleans at Houston. NBA TV will wrap up the Sunday night schedule with Milwaukee at the LA Clippers.
1: You know, what? What what's kind of got you kind of caught your you know caught your uh, attention in your line so far in the NBA? Real quick before we go to break.
0: Uh, Washington's upset win at Philadelphia on Wednesday. They beat Philadelphia by by four. Uh, Joel Embiid, as I mentioned uh, on our last show, he's having a very good year. I know he was in, he was out mm-hmm. early in the season because of COVID, yes. but he's really picked it up. Lakina, you mentioned Milwaukee. Uh, th- this regular season is about them getting healthy, they're going to win enough games, and they're preparing for the playoffs. So. Uh, I'm not too much worried about them. You mentioned the Knicks and their struggles. Uh, you may have some players be, a, be become available by this time next week. <laughs> as far as the trade deadline is concerned, we'll see, we'll see about that. But as I said before regarding to the Chicago Bulls, if they can keep their uh, play at or slightly above 500, they're going to be okay. Do I see Philadelphia run away with the East? No. Do I see Boston? No. Do I see Milwaukee? No. Philadelphia? No. Uh, what's the other team? Miami, they're playing Miami. good right now. Do I see the run away with it? No. Cleveland, they've been a surprise team in the league this year. Do I see them going on a magical one run? No. So if you're the Bulls, you're okay. Just play your game and hold down the fort for the rest of this month and hopefully you get Caruso and Lonzo Ball back, hopefully without any setbacks, and you should be ready to uh, set up shop to take over the Eastern Conference in, just in time for the playoffs.
1: There are three games that are suffering between first, you know, the the top seed in the six in the sixty, which is Brooklyn. Of course, the you know the Bulls have the the you know the percentage points, you know, weird, you know, tiebreaker thing. I don't know. Don't ask us how that works, but um, mm-hmm. you know, that's why the, the bulls are right now the one seed, of course, got Miami, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Cavs. I don't know if the Cavs are gonna hang on. I don't I, I don't see it happening. And then you get the Nets, you know, and their problem, their issues, you know, six, you know, six, you know, losses in a row. They got Toronto, they're getting hot. The, the horns are up and down. You know, got Boston. You don't know what to get from them. And also to Atlanta. Those are like your top 10 right now. And as far as the Western Conference is concerned, of course, Phoenix, you know, of course, the, the Warriors, even though despite winning eight in, eight in a row, the Suns have been playing pretty well themselves. They're still number one. I know that's sort of hard to believe for some people, but the Suns are the number one seed in the West right now. You know, the Warriors are two games back. Despite, you know, in spite of, you know, their great, you know, run the Grizz are still six and a half back. You know, the Jazz are even further back than that. With all their injury issues are ten and a half back. <laughs> They get the Mavs, they get the you know, the Nuggets. Those are your top six. Then the seven through ten, the, 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 the these teams will be playing in the play-in tournament if, they, if the season ended today. The T Wolves, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Trailblazers. So I don't see maybe the Pelicans are probably trying to make a run for those last you know <laughs> those last couple of spots, maybe. But if you're the Lakers and the Clippers, you know the the Clippers, you're just you're know, just hoping that you can stay there until you know PG can come back and maybe perhaps mm-hmm. hopefully can, can come back at some point. Lakers, I don't know what else do, what, what can they do because, you know, like like you said, they don't really have anything to, to, to trade for, so I don't know.
0: Real quickly, Keenan, before we break for the top of the hour, did you hear this story about Jerry West? I believe he's still consulting with the Los Angeles Clippers right now. Yes. Uh, he got his uh, season tickets from the Lakers' yes. revolt. Yeah. And there's been all kinds of stories about him and his uh, fractured relationship with the franchise who, who he helped build up as an executive through the 90s in the early 2000s. That thing is ugly. and We know that the Lakers organization, we know Jeannie Buss is the head of that organization now. Uh, she had to take that organization away from her brother after the late Dr. Jerry Buss, their father, died a few years ago. That thing is just a mess. And regarding this current roster right now, as we said before, Lakeena LeBron James, you brought him in to um cover up uh to cover up uh what's going on in the front office and to uh curb the losing that has been going on previous for the last five, six years. And when you hand over the keys to uh, uh, keys of the franchise to a type of player like and a personality like LeBron, this is what happens. They're lucky they got that championship a couple of years ago. It looks like they're not gonna get any more, especially if he continues to get hurt like this.
1: Yeah, his age, unfortunately, is starting to show for LeBron, and yeah, so I saw that story, and I heard about it, and it's just sort of like, wow, I mean, I know he and Jerry Buss had a great relationship, I mean, mm-hmm. his relationship with the kids, you know, not so much, and I know that they're, you know, they got into it with the son, and, you know, I think that's when, you know, things started, fract- that, that you know, the relationship started fracturing with the Lakers, and now he got his tickets revolts. but he was one of the reasons why, you know, the, the Lakers got on the map when it got to Los mm-hmm. Angeles. So yeah, the front of the for of the treat him, you know, that way I think is just, you know, unfortunate. And yeah, this is sort of like we, we hopefully we get maybe get somebody on to talk about it because this, this goes kind of like way over my head. Yeah.
0: Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with our friend of the show, Kayla Sharker from Fox 32 Sports Chicago. She's going to hop on with us to talk Bears, Bulls, and a whole lot more in the bottom of the hour. Our good friend Christine Manica from KXRB in Sioux Falls will join us to give us our weekly commentary from the world of sports. You're listening to Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com
2: presents the sports flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tonight the Bulls take on the Raptors Chicago half came out of first place in the East 29 and 17 overall struggling lately they've dropped 7 of 10 the Raptors coming off a win they're 6 games out of first a game over 500 23 and 22 last night they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip off the Blackhawks are winless in 4 on the road tonight visiting the Red Wings 630 Central puck drop the Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night goaltender Mark Andre Fleury reportedly receiving From the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24 Illinois, 56 55 over number 10, Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59 47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the SCORE app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths.
3: Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. A blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates. Write from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Discover exceptionally common sense.
0: Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, real life and live in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss LaKeena McGee. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at ck 80 <laughs> Once again, at ck 80 that's SIDKid80. SIDKid80. You follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina on the IG. If you have a question or comment for our guest that's coming up, you can go to Sports On Chicago's Facebook page or Sports On Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. We bring on our next guest. She's a friend of the show. She's been on our podcast before, but she's making her debut since we switched to doing live shows right here on Sports on Chicago. A quick tip it for you. Our hometown is, is home to the defending. Uh, NBA World Champion Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, she covered the uh, the Packers and the Brewers as well during her six years in the great state of Wisconsin. Now she covers your teams for Fox Sports Chicago with the Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox, and everything else in between Chicago sports. Let's please welcome in our good friend, Miss Caitlin Sharkey. Caitlin, hey. welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey. We can get What's her up. up, guys? There we, go. good. there we go. Good,
5: good, good to see you both and good to talk to you both. It's been a minute, but I'm happy to be back with you guys.
0: Yes, Same we're here. glad to. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. We, we know that you're a busy lady, but we're glad to have you back. But it's been almost a year. But who cares? We ha- we have you right now. So yes. Uh, let let's let's get to the Chicago Bears. Of course, they had their press conference earlier this week, introducing new head coach Matt Eberflus and new GM Ryan Poles. Some people said they won the press conference. Some people say, well, they still have a long way to go. Uh, what was your take on the press conference this past week?
5: I am someone that doesn't believe in winning. I mean, I did feel like you can lose a press conference as we maybe saw with the Blackhawks uh, a couple days Mm. ago. So you can lose press conferences, (laughs) but I don't think they necessarily, you know, I don't, I don't believe in winning them. I think it's something that, you know, you just kind of go out there get general ideas, general philosophies. I don't know if we learned a ton of in-depth things at that press conference. And I don't think that's the whole point either. It's kind of just to introduce, but I I left the press conference being impressed with Ryan Poles. I think he's kind of this new age, new football guy who's going to take this opportunity as a first-time GM and really run with it. And I feel like he's going to blend kind of old-school football, new-school football. And I think that's going to do some really good things for the Bears. Matt Eberflus, it's, you know, it's one of Mm -hmm. those things where the whole – kind of hiring process. People are like, who should they hire? Who should they hire? I am someone that believes like, I have no business saying who they should hire because I am not in the business of evaluating head coaches. But I think, you know, he's obviously passionate about um, coaching and it'll be interesting to see, but it is way too soon to tell how it's all going to play out. But I think it's fun to see him assemble his staff now, bring Luke Getzey from Green Bay over mm-hmm. as the offensive coordinator. That'll be um, It'll be interesting to see how Luke handles that with not having a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers to see what kind of coordinator mm-hmm. he really is. <laughs> Obviously, I'm sure that made him look pretty good for a number of years, but um, it, it's exciting stuff. And I think all in all, it's just change, and that's what everybody wanted. So now we'll see how it kind of plays out on the field.
1: Do you think this team can contend next year or do you think they're going to have to maybe make do a few like changes, maybe like trade like maybe a Khalil Mack or, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. I know they definitely need a lot of help. Where do you think the direction the bears will go, you know, during this off season? I think there's going to be a lot of changes.
5: I mean, I remember at the end of last season, I was going through the roster and thinking like, wow, this person will be gone. This person will likely be gone. This guy will be gone. There is a number of changes. They're not like in a, you know, a a cap nightmare situation, but understanding that they, they had some of these deals where, you know, it wasn't like a long-term thing. The quarterback room is going to look obviously very different outside of Justin Fields, but the defense outside of Roquan Smith and some of the younger guys and Travis Gibson and those guys coming up, it's going to look totally different. And I think whether or not they can contend compete in the division, especially will depend on who they value in bringing back and maybe what free agents they can get, because right now they're in a tough situation. They have some tough decisions to make it, but I think a lot of people are concerned about the offense and I still feel like they still are missing some pieces to get to where they want to be.
0: Good friend of the show, Caitlin Sharkey from Fox 32 Chicago Sports, is joining us right here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports, live in the living color, right here on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina here with you, Caitlin. Uh, going back to new head coach Matt Eberflus, Uh, we talked about this on the show before, uh, Lakina. That, um, not yeah. too many oh. people have talked about this, but this team under Matt Nagy was very undisciplined with the stupid penalties, the false mm-hmm. starts, and it was just very Bunchy inexcusable. People. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Matt E. Falusa uh, pointed out at the press conference earlier this week that he's very disciplined. He's very detailed. And you saw that uh, when he was defensive coordinating the Indianapolis coast, they were the top uh, five defenses in the league the last two years. Uh, talk to us about how, uh, how he's going to bring accountability to this franchise, which they so desperately need.
5: Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because we constantly heard that word from, you know, after these losses, we would hear the coaches speak or the players speak about accountability, but you never really believed it. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, you're supposed to be held accountable for these mistakes and these penalties and these Mm -hmm. miscommunication issues, but you never really saw anything change. So it'll be interesting to see with the players that are remaining, because then you look at like, where was the accountability falling on some of those vets that are now going to be walking out the door, Mm -hmm. or is it going to be on some of these younger guys who are kind of learning what it means to be accountable in the league, right? Like it's one thing to make these mistakes and kind of chalk it up to, well, this was this and this is this. And we heard a lot of that. I feel like in post-game interviews last year with the bears. So I, I, you know, e- Matt Eberflus gave me that like, you rah, rah, like coach speak, like we're going to hold <laughs> him accountable and that's all great. And, you know, he can tell him to run all he wants and all of those things. And th- those are good things to have, but until right. you actually see it played out and you see these players, you know, cause I just remember Roquan Smith after game saying like, we need to look in the mirror and, you know, hold each other accountable. And then it's like three more losses came after that. And you're kind of, and, you know, with the same issues. So I think like people like to think it's a quick fix, but um it's gonna depend on who's who's in that locker room when the season
1: starts. That's gonna be very interesting to see what happens now. Let's go to the NBA hardware for a second there, Caitlin. Um the Bulls, you know, of course they got the number one seed right now by a few, you know, percentage points. We won't get into the weird you know, Tigers against you know, over uh, over the heat right now. But you know, where do you think where do you think the ceiling is for the Bulls? I mean, you know, the injuries, I know Caruso and Ball, they're still out, so do you think, can they stay at the top of the East though, you think? And they're in a
5: tough situation. And I feel like we haven't this all-star break. So anything, not that I don't pay attention to anything before the all-star break, but I feel like we learn a lot about NBA teams. Once the all-star break comes in the second half of the season, that's when you can kind of really get a sense of what these teams are and Obviously, the Bulls have dealt with a number of injuries, a number of COVID issues. Now Zach Levine's playing through a hurt back. That's not what you want to hear from your one of your superstars. So I think they're a good team. I think they play well together. I think I would assume it was having an incredible season, and it's so fun to watch. But I don't think they're going to stay in that top spot. I think they'll make the playoffs, but um, there's some tough competition in the East, and we kind of saw them – falter and get blown out against the really good teams um, where you, you know, people are like, they're, they're really trying hard and those teams aren't even trying yet. I don't buy into that part of it, but I think <laughs> if they stay at this level of health or lack thereof, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough second half.
0: What do you think that Arturo's condition and GM and GMR Gavisle, what do you think they're going to do at the February 10th trade deadline? Do you think they're going to get an interior guy to come and, and... Uh, control the paint? Do you think they need another score? What do you think they'll do on February 10th?
5: I, need, I think they need some you know, rim protection and controlling mm-hmm. the paint certainly is something that they're missing. I think they have great scores and that's something that, that's a great to see from a guy like Iota Sumo or between the combination of DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and Vucevic last night even, you know they have the scores, they have those positions covered I feel like, but they need some help in the paint, they need some help in the rim protection part of the game and maybe they'll go – out. It's, you just kind of wonder, who. Are, well, who are they going to get? What do they have to give up? Is it worth it? Do you mess with the gel of the team at this point? And this is a situation where I feel like NBA front offices at this point in the season are faced with a lot of tough decisions because basketball is the kind of game where you throw in a free agent who, in your mind, can help with these things, but all of a sudden it doesn't flow with the lineup. It doesn't flow with the rest of the team. Now what have you done, right? It, it's a yeah. very – tricky situation to be in. So it's a matter of how much the Bulls front office trusts the group that they have right now, or to, if they feel that it's worth taking that chance and bringing someone in to help.
1: DeMar DeRozan, you just mentioned, Kaitlin has been amazing. You know, he's chilling with the team. You know, he went, you know, just, you, know you know, down to Champaign for AOS, a jersey retirement mm-hmm. a few uh, weeks, a few, few weeks back. You know, we heard all the time, you know, oh, it oh, was well, this going to be a good fit. You know, he and Zach won't get along and blah, blah, blah. You know, what expectations, expectations did you have for you know for DeRozan being here, and has he exceeded them for you? I think so. I was one of those people that I've been a fan of DeMar DeRozan,
5: and I know what he was capable of because I was on the other side when the Raptors were beating the crap out of the Bucks a couple uh, years ago. So <laughs> you know, I had like flashbacks of DeMar DeRozan, even Fred VanVleet, like dropping three-pointers so like when I heard <laughs> about Demar's the move to get DeMar I was like oh this is you know this is a good addition and I think now people are kind of seeing with the right fit what he's capable of and I think he's just a stand-up teammate he's a stand-up player and the fact that he's supporting Io DeSumo in that night and like even in his rookie season and you saw him congratulating Van Vliet yesterday in Toronto mm-hmm. about his all-star announcement like that just shows what kind of player DeMar DeRozan is. And it's more rare in the NBA than we probably even realize to see that kind of attitude and team mentality that he holds. And I think that's one of the reasons he's successful. So I love the move. And it's easy to say that now because he's playing so well. But um, I knew I knew his potential was there and I knew what he was capable of.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Same with the Bulls, Caitlin. Of course, head coach Billy Donovan is, is known as a defensive coach and he gets the best out of his guys. Of course, uh, uh, AK and Mark Eversley, their, their uh, big move last year was bringing in Nikolai Vucevic. But I'll go with uh, my question about Billy Donovan. Uh, dealing with the situation with COVID and with the injuries thus far this year, where grade would you give Billy Donovan?
5: I think he's doing a heck of a job. And I think it's – the whole COVID part of it aside, and that is a lot of an undertaking. I mean, I remember listening to one of his press conferences a couple months ago, even, and he was like, I don't even know who's available. I don't know what my team's going to look like. So given like that's the circumstance and situation that they were dealing with, but yet he still coached up the players that were available, held them accountable, speaking about accountability. And you can tell that he's going to take what he has that night and bring out the best of those players. So I think he's done a heck of a job. Um, you hope he can, they can stay in first place so he can coach, um, in the all-star game. But, um, yeah, I think it was a great fit and a great move and, um, hopefully they can continue to, you know, kind of write the ship right now because I feel like they're kind of teetering a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I got to agree with you on that. Mm Um, you know, we'll, you know, the, let's go to the college hardware for a second. And speaking of, you know, Iowa's, you know, former, you know, alma mater, Illinois, you know, Kofi copern was big in that uh, upset win. again. Well, not, I wouldn't say it's upset, but, you know, they're kind of pretty even right now against Wisconsin, you know. You're
0: going to make Kayla cry good... right now. Don't do it. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. <laughs> I, didn't to I, know was, I, I, I didn't was, go to was... that Wisconsin team. <laughs> well, I'll say she didn't go to Wisconsin. Remember, she went to Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, totally different Wisconsin uh, school. But, yeah, uh, what do you think the, can the Kansas Illinois team go far in the tournament? I know they you know, they've shown some flashes. You know they're you know they've had a couple of you know bad losses early in the season here and there. But what, what do you think yo know, can they kind of compete not only in the Big Ten but also to maybe pass for maybe not a championship per se, but you know go far in the tournament?
5: I hope so. I hope so. I mean, they, at least they know what it's like to be there, and those players that are you know Kofi Coburn, Curbello, like they know what that atmosphere is like, and how to, how to, what it takes to compete um, in a tournament to even get to the tournament. So I think their win over Wisconsin was a big one in showing like, we don't care what you're ranked. We don't care where you're standing right now. It's, and I mean, I think that's one of the beauties of college basketball because you like to say that it's really anyone's tournament, especially when you get into the tournament. But um, I hope so. I, th- I have high hopes for them. I think the, even just the confidence in the, Kind of evolution of Kofi Coburn. We didn't really see that because when you have a superstar like Io DeSumo front and center for your team, you kind of, you know, you're not paying attention as co- closely to the, the mentality and the style of Kofi Coburn. But now we're seeing it, and it was so fun to watch the other night him, you know, stack up a huge stat line and continue to do that. So I think they have the pieces. Um, it'll just be a matter of that they can all stay healthy and, you know, get hot at the right time, which we know is the key when it comes to March Madness.
0: Kaylen Sharkey, Fox Thirty Two Sports here in Chicago is joining us right here on Second City Sports on the Friday edition. We're laughing in living color. Celia Lakina here with you, Kaylin, Let's go back to football. Uh, as we mentioned at the, as I mentioned at the top of the top of this hour that you covered the Green Bay Packers for six years before you moved to Chicago. You covered the Packers. Uh, Of course, uh, they ended their season in heartbreak with the uh, last second loss to the 49ers. I predicted on this show that Aaron Rodgers will be playing his last year in the Green Bay Packers uniform. I'm still going to stick to my prediction. Of course, the Packers are $45 million, I believe, in the hole in terms of the salary cap space. (laughs) They may or may not tag wide receiver Devontae Adams. Where do you see Aaron Rodgers playing next year?
5: Well, now I feel like he's officially not going to retire because he's not going to share the same spotlight or class with Tom Brady. He wants Mm -hmm. it all by himself. So um, I think, okay, so now you're like, okay, well, he's not going to retire. So where's he going to go? I'd be lying if I had any idea. I don't think he's going to come back um, to Green Bay. If he does, they – the cap situation. That's my, that's my, own, that's my reasoning behind why, when mm-hmm. people are like, why would he not, I, it's not anything personal. I don't think it's like anything bigger than the fact of how are they going to keep the pieces they want to keep for him to convince him that, okay, we're not rebuilding. We're not reloading. We're going all in again. And I don't know, this loss to the 49ers was one that like kind of sucked the life out of maybe this idea that they're close, they're close, they're close. Uh, it should have been their year, right? They should have yeah. won that game. And now you start looking at things differently. Like maybe they don't have the pieces. Maybe they need to adjust. Um, what's that going to look like for Aaron Rodgers? So, and I do not think that Devonte Adams deserves just a franchise tag. And they'll say like, we fixed the No, like. <laughs> this man should get – I know he's asking – well, there's reports that he's asking $30 million a year. I don't know if he's going to get that money, but he deserves, you know, a big contract. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game. So they have a lot of tough decisions, and I don't think that Aaron is going to kind of sit around and, oh, maybe this will work out, maybe it's not. But to think about him at with another team is the grass always greener, right? So it's like you give up what you know and what you know that you have more control of versus now you go to a team that they're like, whoa, 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 no, we call the shots. This is, this is what we're going to do. Either you fit into it or you don't and you learn a new offense. So I, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to, to figure out where he goes.
1: Hopefully we won't get a repeat of what we saw last year and that, all that drama, but that's, I hope not.
5: I hope not. Uh, I, know, I, know. I know my colleagues there are hoping that's not the case either. <laughs> I know.
1: I I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, you know, the Blackhawks. I oh god. I mean, I, I don't. You know, Sid. I mean, Caitlin. I don't. I honestly don't know where to where to go with this because we all <laughs> saw the video of what happened. You know, Rocky Wurtz, You know, mm-hmm. kind of got on. You know, kind of. I don't want to say a ti- well, maybe it was a tirade. You know, with that whole thing with the situation with Kyle Beach. Now there's a lot of little lawsuit coming out. We you know there are three more victims. You know, accusing the Hawks of kind of doing the same thing they're kind of getting to the point where they're becoming an afterthought here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had their championships and such. You saw Wayne Gretzky eviscerate them, you know, probably mm-hmm. worse than they did when they did when he scored 18 points against the Blackhawks in the, you know, the 85 conference uh, finals. <laughs> you remember that Sid, but uh, what do you think about the Hawks situation? I mean, they're, they're kind of becoming a footnote right now, Caitlin.
5: Yeah. And it's unfortunate for them, but, Sometimes you know it's not it's not me saying like you get what you deserve, but sometimes people have to be put in situations where they're kind of called out for like this isn't okay, and this lack of change or this lack of perspective, or eventually you know they say what's done in the dark is going to come to light. Well, Mm -hmm. sometimes that you know the the world has a weird way of kind of working itself out and you feel for the players that are Mm -hmm. out there, you know, frustrated that the the team is not performing the way they wanted to, but it kind of felt, you know, just off from the start of the season. So it's not like they're doing anything that we're like, Oh, we're surprised that they're losing all these games. Well, for a couple months now we're like, they accepted like this is black Hawks hockey right now. And Mm -hmm. it's not a good thing, Mm -hmm. but um, I feel like they just have so much going on. They have a lot to figure out. Um, and it's kind of some soul searching moments for them. And, you know, I, even doing highlights or like talking about them as they head into the break. You know, I, I said something last night on air, like they take the next week off. And I'm like, do are we going to notice? Right. Like it's one <laughs> exactly. of those things where it's like the Bulls are playing for things. You know, there's all these new exciting moves with the Bears. There's there's other tickets in town. So I think they have some some soul searching to do and to figure out which direction they want this franchise to go from here on out, because you don't want a, the slippery slope of irrelevance, you know, in sports, it happens fast <laughs> and pretty yeah. soon, you know, mm-hmm. no one's coming to games, no one's buying your gear, no one, you know, and they, fans are what keeps these teams up and running. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle all of this.
0: We're heading down to home stretch with Kaelin Sharkey, good friend of the show from Fox 32 Chicago Sports, right here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. Say Lakeena Arrithi right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Kaelin, let's go back to football. Of course, Cincinnati and the Los Angeles Rams will play for the NFL Championship next Sunday night from Los Angeles. But I know you have one perspective when you're actually covering the games you're there in the press box. You had to look at things differently. But as a fan outside of Wildcard Weekend, this has been the best stretch of playoffs maybe ever. Uh, give us your thoughts about the, the playoff action you know, that you've witnessed so far as a fan.
5: It's been a blast. And, yes, I wish I was uh, covering those games. But it's also <laughs> been fun to relax and enjoy them and watch great football. And, you know, you kind of take a break from the Bears season. You step back. You're like, oh, this is what <laughs> it should look like every
0: single It week. should be happening here. <laughs> right.
5: Like, oh, this is exciting. I'm like, these are really good teams. Um, So it's been great playoff action. I'm actually going to miss it this Sunday, you know, like not having an exciting game to watch because it's been so great, but, The Bengals and the Rams, two very likable teams. Uh, Oh, you don't
0: care about the Pro Bowl?
1: (laughs) No. No,
5: don't tell anyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all say, don't, don't, we won't tell anyone. I'm I'm
5: excited that Jakeem Grant and Robert Quinn are representing for Chicago there. But, um, yeah, I I think they're two likable teams. And and Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. I mean, it's just kind of the storylines write themselves. And it's exciting to watch and it's one of the things where like people are like, Who do you like? Who do you want to win? And I'm like, I never really have this sense of like, I don't care because I like them both. But this year, yeah. I mean, I would be I, I think it's incredible what Cincinnati has done and how they've turned things around, which should give Bears fans and other teams in similar situations hope that like you know, it may seem like we're, you know, years away from being in the big game, but Joe Burrow in Cincinnati is saying not, nah, not so much. So it, it's been, it's been a great run. I'll be sad when it ends. I always feel that way. I'm like, oh, now what?
1: <laughs> yeah, we all feel that way. Uh, uh, Cubs and White Sox baseball. I mean, they're in a lockout. You know, the owners want bringing bring in a mediator. You know, they're supposed to be starting spring training, you know, next week. Obviously that's not going to happen do you think we'll miss any games and do you think the Cubs and the White Sox will be able, there will be spring training in? And if so, what do you think they'll start, will we miss any games? Like that's the important question. I mean,
5: I they're, they're inching close to that point. Um, I think if this goes on, you know, in the next couple of weeks, well, yeah, you're push you're pushing everything back. Um, It's talking about slippery slopes of irrelevancy. Baseball doesn't want to play with this. And this is the part that kind of, to me is so hard to like wrap my head around because it's like, you don't want to be out of this. You don't want this to be your spotlight. You don't want this. The reason why people are talking about baseball when, you know, the NFL and the NBA are taking all these numbers and ratings. And then you don't want people to forget, not that people are going to forget about baseball, but out of sight, out of mind goes so far. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they get their act together and quickly, because I mean, people, this is like, this is our hope, especially of the, these people that live in the Midwest where it's cold. We're like, I need something. I need baseball. Yeah, I need right. to hear like the crack of the bat. I need to see them at spring training. Even if I'm not there, it makes me feel like, all right, yeah. we're almost out of this winter. And when you don't have that, I don't know about you guys, but like, I feel like, oh my God, winter's never going to end because we're not talking about baseball.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, Kayla, I'm a White Sox fan. We have a team that could, could possibly win the World compete, Series. Yep. I remember right. 1994. Yeah. I'm not going to break my computer, uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. But, you know, winning I mean, the I division. i that
5: one. That's been brought up a lot to me in the last couple of weeks. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the yeah. Sox year and it's going to be blown out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. But, you
0: know, we won a division last year. Of course, this year have higher expectations that they start the season late. Or you know missing any regular season games that's going to be disappointing. But I'm still hopeful. But they're not going to miss any regular season games. They probably miss a week or two of spring training, which is still important. But I don't think they'll miss any regular season games. So I'll leave it at that. We'll see what happens. Uh, last moment or two with our good friend Caitlin Chargin of Fox 32 Sports in Chicago, right here on Second City Sports, the Friday edition, live and in the living color. Sid Lakina here with you, Caitlin. One more issue about football. Of course, Brian Flores now ex head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he filed a lawsuit um, uh, against the NFL, the New York football giants, Denver, um, and and a couple others. I'm sure I mentioned the Dolphins earlier this week. Uh, Of course, uh, we broke down the situations earlier in the show. Uh, Do you think the NFL will ever get it right in terms of hiring minority of black head coaches? Do you think that uh, this uh, lawsuit will uh, produce any, any change? Me personally, I don't think so. But uh, what do you think about all this? I, I think it's a whole lot missing in this story. We're just scratching the surface yes. right now.
5: Yes, I was going to say, yeah. I feel like the the speed at which the statements were released by the teams and the league, and it was mm-hmm. it kind of like, well, how do we all know? Like, what is missing? So I agree with you, Said I feel like – I still feel like they're far ways away, and that that hurts my heart and my soul because it shouldn't <laughs> be that way. But I don't think something like this will – I mean – Not that it's the same thing, but even look what's going on in Washington and all of those, you know, it's like nothing, but nothing still has changed. They're still rolling. Here's our new uniforms. Here's our new name. Like ignore what's behind going on behind the curtain. And I think that's what we're seeing here, so to speak. It's going to be newsworthy and it should be, and it's going to be talked about quite a bit, but will it actually make a difference? And, you know, I saw, you know, these, these head coaching spots are being filled up. And I'm going down the list and I'm like, well, that doesn't look like uh, any change to me. So um, the, the excuses will continue to come. The reasonings will continue to come. And if they want to think that, you know, end zone painting and helmet decals are enough, that's what they're going to do. And it's unfortunate and it's it's heartbreaking. But you hope that someone someone eventually gets it right.
1: Hopefully, uh, you know if, look, if you have an, if you have a you know kind of like a format to fix it, you know please tell us because right I said earlier like I I I don't know I don't want to speak for you guys <laughs> but I don't have anything. Uh Last question for me, um, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, yeah, how serious was any? Were there any initial talks? You know, with him perhaps coming to the Bears? Of course, now he's telling Michigan fans, "Oh, I'm here," you know, I'm where I want to be. What do you think, <laughs> Caitlin? I, I saw a tweet that
5: like that Michigan uh, it was this girl that like quote tweeted the tweet and it was like Michigan. Was like we're he, well we're back he's with us basically and the girl was like he broke up with you guys he was gonna break up with okay, you guys and that's exactly what it felt like like <laughs> he just didn't find anything better at night when he went out like you know that's good that's what it reminded me of but um I mean George McCaskey said that would not comment if they talked to Jim Harbaugh or not obviously I don't think they did because. Uh, we would have heard about it in some in some respects. So I mean, I'm sure there was serious interest with him and the Vikings, but the way that he was just like, I'm gonna go back, and then everyone's like, Well, all right. Like, I don't know. It just put Michigan in a bind for sure, which was interesting, but. Um, who knows when we'll see him back in the NFL, but there's obviously a lot of interest there, but I just thought it was funny. Like the social media reactions keep us going guys, because oh, sometimes yeah. it, it yeah. just feels so heavy and you just have to remind yourself like it's sports. Like yes. you can laugh about it. Like we're talking about football and I appreciate those moments of people just have the most hilarious tweets and can make me laugh about how Michigan is like the girlfriend he was going to break up with, <laughs> decided <laughs> to go back to
0: Go back to your wife. No, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of kind of how it felt like. It, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> last last question for me, Kaylin. We like to end our questions with a fun question, especially with you because you know, you you get us. You get us. many people do, <laughs> but you're one of the first people they they get us. The, mine is a two parter. Uh, if my memory serves you, know, on the last time we had you on, you said you played soccer uh, growing up. Correct? Uh, volleyball and basketball. Basketball. I, okay.
5: I, I, I had like a very short lived. Soccer career because I okay. once I figured out you had to run I was out I was out. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> <laughs> with,
0: with that being said, of course, many athletes have their uh, game day routines and superstitions and things along that line. What type of music do you like listening to to get yourself pumped up? What did you have any weird superstition or any type of music that get you psyched up to go re- oh, get ready to go I- play?
5: I would I mean when I would get my like ankles taped up and I would put my like pre wrap in my hair and my messy bun like it was always hip hop even now like if I'm going to do something like any kind of cardio like Meek Mill <laughs> dreams and nightmares will forever be the the one uh-huh. pump up song that I'm just it just has always been that way but um not too many superstitions but Always had to have the like strip of pre-wrap in my hair, even though the trainers would yell at me and tell me it's for like the ankles and taping. I'd be like, it holds my hair back perfectly. And you know, <laughs> that, was, that was the thing I always had to have in my hair. Otherwise, I felt like off. I couldn't play my best game if I didn't have that in my hair.
0: We love it, the rebel, the rebel sharpie. Yes, 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 <laughs> we love that. Uh, um, my second part, of my last question from from me. Uh we 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 see these athletes now, uh we we see it before every game. They come in uh, dressed uh um sharply, some others dressed <laughs> uh outrageously. And Joe Burrow mm-hmm. had this um uh This um, gold chain um, before last Sunday's AFC Championship game. I wanted to ask you, what would be your wardrobe? What would be your style? Would you go with the Joe Burrow kind of (laughs) the kind of chain, or would you dress like Russell Westbrook? Mm. Kind of give us your style. How would I? I wouldn't be
5: that. I wouldn't be that eccentric. I would do the more like classic. Like I'm trying to think, like the Tom Brady, like you know, nice suit. Like put you know, it all matches nicely. Even Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. I'm not like I can't. I don't think I'd go with the Cam Newton or oh. like the the Russell Lesbrook Like <laughs> that's not my style. But if I could wear a chain, it would be like a cool, like blinged out shark. I think that, that's oh. the kind of. I was thinking about
0: that this morning. Ooh, I mean, yes.
5: yes. <laughs> I'm like I yes. think I need one of those.
0: Oh <laughs> you see try, that. We should trademark was- that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can see a bit if I'm not the San Jose shark, just a big old shark with a big old teeth like yeah. Right? right I can see that. I like that.
5: I like that. That's <laughs> the but, but only in. when it, like like Joe Burrow said, only when I make enough money where it's all real. Then I'll then I'm not doing it before. I can't afford it, you know. You gotta, you gotta bling it out if you're gonna wear a shark around your neck. Oh, of
1: course, of <laughs> course. Got to be practical too. Got to be very practical. Exactly. <laughs> All <laughs> right, <laughs> folks. That oh, was so, so much Caitlin, fun.
0: Yeah this this has been Caitlin Sharky for our Sports Zone Chicago audience. Caitlin Sharky from Fox Thirty Two Chicago Sports. You can follow her on social media at K Rose Sharky. Once again, the letter K Rose Sharky on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Caitlin, thank you. So- very much for joining us today, taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Pleasure. Great job. Yeah. Great job as always. Get, must continue success. And I know you're busy lady, but we promise we hope we can't uh, wait too much longer to have you back yes. on this program again.
5: Yes, absolutely. I'll slow down a little bit. So I have a, a little bit more time on my hands. So I'd love to join you guys. Always so much fun. And I appreciate you having me on. All
0: right, Thank, thank you. you very much. Caleb for joining Thanks, us. You Kalen. have a great weekend. Thanks,
5: stay safe. Thank you. You too. All
0: right. Once again, that's Caitlin Sharkey of Fox 32 Chicago Sports. She's always uh, fun with us. She's always great with her time joining us here on Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We'll be right back to wrap up the last uh, half hour of the show. After this, you're listening to Sports Zone Chicago.
2: AutomotiveMap.com presents the sports slash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago half game out of first place in the East, 29-17 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7-10. of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 500, 23-22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6-30 Central. Puck drop. The Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest. From the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24 Illinois, 56 55 over number 10 Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59 47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the SCORE app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago.
3: Deep breaths. Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. A blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates. Write from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Discover exceptionally common sense.
0: Welcome back to second city sports live and a living color on a Friday edition right here on sports zone Chicago. Along with Miss Laquina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. Um, this is the last segment of the show for the week and for the day. Uh, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Available
1: McKean McGee on the Twitter and score McGee on the IG.
0: Normally at this time, our good friend Christine Manica from KXRB will be joining us, but she has the week off. She'll be Uh, Hopefully she'll be back with us next week as we preview the Super Bowl between the Rams in the Bengals. Lekina, uh, we meant to do this uh, last hour, but we have a little bit more time. Let's uh, go back to the best, in week that, uh, best and worst in the week that was in college basketball. I'll start off with Wednesday's action. I watched the majority of this game via my television. It was the final line a, who who ranked number 18 in the country. They defeated number 11, Wisconsin, 80-67. to 67. Kofi Coburn, she mentioned Lakina during our interview with Miss Caitlin Sharkey. He had a career high of 37 points. Uh, he that's um, Illinois' game plan, Illinois game plan is, is to feed the beast, And they did that. As I mentioned, Colburn finished with 37 points off a of six and nineteen shooting. up uh, Grandison had 14 points off a of five mm-hmm. and nine shooting, including three or 6 from downtown. Trent Frazier struggled shooting from the outside, but he still ended up with seven points and seven assists. My guy Alfonso Plummer. He struggled big time with six points off of one and seven shooting, including one and six from three point range. But LaQuina Aaron Cabello made the difference coming off the bench mm-hmm. for the Atlanta. Of course, he's been missing due to concussion protocols all season long. He chipped in with seven points off the bench in eleven minutes of action. LaQuina, I'm not saying this team is gonna uh, gonna go to the final four. I still need to see more. But this team is more focused now than it's ever been. The only problem that I have, I know this is the game plan for all levels of basketball high school, college, and the pros. But Illinois takes too many three point shots for me. Uh, It almost got away with them. uh, It got away from them in the second half, of course. Wisconsin was 0 for 9 in the first half, shooting from three point range. I know it went to 0 for 10, 0 for 11 before they hit their first three point shot. But this Illini team is rolling right now. They had a tough win at Northwestern last Saturday, but they came back and dominated Wisconsin in the second half down in in Champaign.
1: Yeah, Col- yeah, I think mean, Coburn definitely kind of led the charge there with thirty seven for for the Illini. And like you said, said so, you know, well, Wisconsin is one of those teams where they kind of live and die by three. And you know, it killed <laughs> them you know early on. You know, they were they couldn't get their threes together. Like they like you said, they're like over for eleven or twelve before they hit their first three, and then they end up building like three for twenty four from three. So that's what killed them. Of course, Jordan, you know, Johnny Davis, I should say had 22 points. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of the the, you know, the few guys, in double figures, one of only two guys in double figures for the Badgers. Now, you know, thankfully Coburn had 37 because, you know, he was really the only one that scored. I mean, Grandison had 14, mm-hmm. like I said, for Frazier struggled and, you know, they, they goodness for Coburn. I mean, I was talking to uh, another one of our uh, favorites away you know, for rival, you know, who's an Illinois grad, you know, he said, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, this, but, you know, imagine, you know, he could, he should be, you know, Coburn should be, you know, right there in the thick of it for player of the year honors, mm-hmm. not just big 10, but nationally. And I think he's right. Uh, but just imagine if he had not been there. So he decided not to come back or decide to transfer to like, like it was rumored, you know, for, you know, for a few, a uh, few months before in the off season. So I think he's definitely kept this team afloat. We'll see what happens. They got a tough schedule come. They got a tough, like the last couple, you know, next couple of games coming up. So we'll see mm-hmm. where, illinois is but yeah i mean a nice big win for them against wisconsin
0: yeah they're the outright leaders in the big 10 as so of this broadcast they are 92 in big 10 action uh, leading wisconsin and michigan state uh sticking with wednesday's action, looking in the big 10 purdue number four ranked team in the country i think they have a, a prime chance to get into the final four they take care of minnesota on the road 88 to 73.
1: nice big win for uh purdue pulled away late for minnesota Jaden ivy of course you know, we talked about him last week against that buzzer with that buzzer beater earlier this week, you know, on Sunday against against Ohio State. But yeah, 21 points he led the way there. And look, Purdue's sort of been up and down, you know, they're kind of like they're sort of like right there. Like either I think they're just out, outside, I think they're second only to Illinois, you know, in the in the loss column. So I they only they're eight and three. I think they have a lot of you know games. and such. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting though as it gets down to sort of like you know the last like few weeks of the regular season um you know we talked of course you know marquette marquette swept their season series against villanova you know pulling away mm-hmm. from them i saw a little bit of that game you know look jagger smart's gotten those you know the eagles playing pretty well we are we forgot to mention this to-, to caitlin but uh because you know, she of you know, course she grew up in that area but yeah it's gonna be mm-hmm. very you know it's just see how far they can go because you know like i said if you know, for their three of their you know, two of their like their four losses that villanova has happened at the hands of marquette so we'll see if they can Kind of keep it up, Xavier. Keeping pace with them, the Big East. I'm talking about Villanova. They just edge out Butler by a point. Um, you know, Notre Dame. You know, they needed that win against Miami. And you know, Miami, like I said, they're in like near like the top. They mm-hmm. may look the AC may only get like two teams this year. <laughs> that's how down the <laughs> ACC is. Yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. I'm not trying to be funny, but that that's true. I mean, they're they're down right now in the ACC. They so. usually
0: get about three, uh, four to five teams in there
1: right now but now the rumors are that they may only get two so you know take that yeah that that's pretty bad so you know and that miami lost to notre dame you know that didn't help so but you know going into to last night you know arizona you know split their season series with U- ucla i know they've been having i know ju zhang's out with COVID issues i think they lost another guy too mm-hmm. with an injury so they able to get the best of that split that series usc beat, beat arizona state you know by five last night as well so the Pac-12 starting to kind of get back into like, you know, the, the regular scheduling because of, you know, COVID, you know, you know, they had to delay a couple of seasons. So, but yeah, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's still very wide open to Pac-12. It could come down to Arizona, UC, UCLA and USC. We'll see what happens. Stanford may have something to say about it as well, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, a couple of the other games to highlight from the, from this past week. Likina. Uh Kansas got back on track with a big road win at Iowa State, seventy to sixty-one. And Michigan State, as I mentioned, they're tied with uh, Wisconsin for second place in the Big Ten conference standings. They get by Maryland, sixty-five
4: to sixty-three.
1: And also to uh, Kentucky, you know, staying that that Wednesday, uh, that Wednesday, Kentucky, you know, hold, held off uh, the final Jerry Stackhouses and Vanderbilt by seven. <laughs> But we talked about this guy a, a few weeks ago. Oscar Chabui, you know, had another. His average 15 points, so he had like 16 to lead the way for 15 rebounds. I should say he led the way for Kentucky's on pace to be the most that to have the to be average for the most in D1 history in the last you know 40 seasons. So you know it's it's gonna be interesting you know to average over 15 rebounds that's rare <laughs> in D1. Very so he's rare. been kind of the guy you know kind of the big man out for big man you know, like out front for him. He's been sort of key to kind of keep you know the points going and you know they're the he's one of the reasons why uh, Kentucky is right there in the, in the top five right now. They had their struggles earlier in the year, but look, Calipari guys guys playing well now.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens with Kentucky going forward. You're listening to Second City Sports. On the Friday edition, we're live in the Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid LaQuina here with you. Let's go to some of the big time games for Saturday and Sunday. Let's start with tomorrow's action. LaQuina on Fox at eleven o'clock a.m. Chicago time. We have number twelve Villanova hosting number seventeen. The Yukon Huskies. That game will be on Fox at the same time on ESPN. Number eighteen, Illinois will travel to Indiana to take on the Hoosiers. Hoosiers. A shout out to our good colleague and friend of the show, Shay Pepler. I know she'll be rooting hard for mm. her Hoosiers. A uh, big game for both teams. Indiana, uh, the upset win over Purdue has been their launching pad. They had the same records to find in Atlanta, finding in Atlanta at sixteen and five. I know some people may overlook the Hoosiers, but uh, this is going to be a, a big game for both teams.
1: Yeah, they yeah, and need this win refreshing up their resume for the tournament. I think you know that, that this Purdue will be a big win. win for
0: them. They can get by Illinois. They do yeah. have a shot.
1: Yeah, that Purdue win you know helps, but I think you need another one. I think you know having coming have an Illinois team come in you know as high as they are. Yeah, you know, I think if 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 you give my Winslet will have his guys right, but can they can they execute? I think that's been the uh, kind of like the question there. Um, Auburn, you know, they have Georgia at noon on the SEC network. Bruce Pearl's
0: cheating ass, but.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, uh, Tom. <laughs> it's not going well for Tom Crean down in Athens. But you know, look—if you can beat the number one team in the country, this can only help. So. You well, know, he got but, Anthony
0: Edwards into the NBA, and that's yeah. just been his only.
1: <laughs> yeah, now, he's playing pretty well too. You know, he's yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, look, don't, don't, you know, don't disturb him while he's ordering McDonald's. You know, he'll give him a second. Did you see that video? <laughs> that's like, oh my god, that is so. Like, he's only nineteen, so that's just so. You know, so like. Course, if you don't know, know what done.
0: we're talking about, go to go to social go media, to YouTube, go to YouTube. Yeah. We know yeah. what we're talking about. You
1: know, what you're talking about just just Google Anthony Edwards at McDonald's. You'll get you'll you'll get a nice mm-hmm. little laugh. Uh, Tennessee, uh, I guess uh, South Carolina. That's the S, you know. That's on CBS at noon. The Fighting Frank Mars. I'm sure Frank Martin will have his guys ready for that game. You know, maybe that. Maybe they could probably pull off an upset. We'll see. Texas Tech against West Virginia on ESPN at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Northwestern and Nebraska also a noon game. On the Big Ten Network. Uh DePaul. Ugh. I know. Well, yeah, de-, de DePaul hoping to bounce back. They gotta go ask xavier You know, DePaul, I know they've had some issues. I know that they're their top score. I know they just came back, but they've they've struggled. You know, they're the kind of can I I'm gonna ask my buddy Dave Kerner, can I go back to like, you know, do being my sturkiest to DePaul now? Can I please? please,
0: please <laughs> we, we gotta well. get him back on the show.
1: We do, we do, we gotta get him back on uh Iowa State and uh Texas, Iowa State hoping to you know, kind of had the fast back for them. But well, both teams are coming out for, you know, losses. You know, of course, Iowa State against Kansas, Texas against Texas Tech. You know, so that's on the Longhorn Network if you have it.
0: Yeah, Michigan at number four, Purdue tomorrow at 1.30 on Fox. That's going to be an interesting one. Can Michigan pull off an upset win on the road? They'll definitely uh, help their resume. At mm-hmm. 3 o'clock on ESPN, number eight, Baylor, the defending national champs, they'll travel to Kansas to take on the Jayhawks. Kansas ranked number 10 in the country. At 3 o'clock on FS1, number 13, Michigan State, will travel to Rutgers. At 4 o'clock on Fox, number 19, USC, the Chargers will go to Arizona to take on the Wildcats. Arizona's ranked number 7th in the country. And then the primetime game at 5 o'clock on ESPN, number 9, Duke, will travel to Chapel Hill to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Duke checks in with the 18 3 mark. North North Carolina, shout out Petey Popo. Mm. <laughs> they stay <laughs> with the record at 16 6.
1: It'll be you always throw the records out the window when these two teams play each other. I know game day, you know, the other basketball version of game day will be there mm-hmm. in Chapel Hill, visiting with their old colleague and a former you know North Carolina star, Hubert Davis. Look, to be a nice little reunion there between those guys. Of course, you know, of course, you know, Davis, you know, played in that, you know, mm-hmm. that bloody, you know, the bloody Montrose game. If you remember that yeah. from ninety two, you know, Duke wasn't the defending champion at number one in the country then and North Carolina was able to pull it off, which is where we could, and they actually stormed the court in the old D Smith Center. <laughs> yeah. Well, which you know, look, they were like 13 at the time, so I don't know. I don't know why they were storming the court, but I guess you know, you play your rivals. I guess that happens, but we'll see. I mean, North Carolina needs this to freshen up that resume, and I'm sure Hubert Davis will have his guys ready. And we'll see. We'll see what surprise that the the North Carolina fans have in store for for. Mr. Mike Shashesky, who this will be his last game coaching in the Dean Dome.
0: Yeah, one more. We could go down so many memories between these two teams. Remember Austin mm-hmm. Rivers, Doc Rivers' the son? That's what basically yeah. got him in the NBA with that shot. That's yeah. I want to say oh, 2012. Yes. I yes. believe. If yep. I know what you're talking if about. If I have yes. the um, year correct. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And also, too, the 95 one with. Um, I know. I think Cable was on that. Yeah, team. This I think that also was here that Coach
0: K was sick.
1: Yeah, and you know, yeah. look, I I forgot who was coaching you know for him um, at the time. I keep forgetting who it was, but <laughs> you know, of course, uh, Jerry Stackhouse that mass masso dunk, and you know. Yeah. The Rasheed Wallace and Cherokee Parks and all those guys. You know, Steve
0: Vince Carter. Yep. Yes,
1: Vince Carter, of course, he was there too. So yeah, that was Anton a, Jameson. Yes, yes. So so many, so many like great. And, and again, Duke was struggling, you know, mainly because Coach K wasn't there. But mm-hmm. of course, like I said before, you always throw the records out the window when these two teams play each other. So that should be a fun one down there. Early game though at five o'clock. So
0: yep, we wrapping up the Saturday schedule for tomorrow. Number twenty-five LSU uh, pays a visit to Vanderbilt on the SEC Network. That's at 5 o'clock. Kentucky at Alabama on ESPN at 7 o'clock, uh, immediately following Duke in North Carolina at 9 o'clock on ESPN. Number two, Gonzaga will visit BYU. That should be And fun. number three, UCLA will play Arizona State at 9 o'clock on ESPN, too.
1: Yeah, that, that, that BYU-Gonzaga uh, should be a lot of fun. The West Coast Conference, I mean, to say could get three or four teams this year, so...
0: Uh, the Missouri Valley, as we told you the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, that's the case, you could be in trouble. Just saying. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Going to Sunday's matchups, you got Providence and Georgetown. That's 11 a.m. on FS1, Maryland at Ohio State. That's, at CB- that's on CBS at noon. Big game
0: for Ohio State. Big game.
1: Yeah, yeah. They got to keep pace with uh, Illinois and Purdue and them in the Big 10. Uh, Minnesota and Iowa this could be an elimination game for whoever is up, uh, you know, hopefully either one of these teams are hoping to, you know, have a chance to perhaps... Minnesota
0: beat. needs that game more than Iowa does.
1: That's and that is true. And uh, Loyola and Missouri State's hoping... Uh, hoping the re, yeah, the that revenge.
0: revenge. Yeah. yeah. The
1: revenge. That's at 1 o'clock <laughs> on ESPN two. so... Also, too, um, let's go back to Friday. I didn't get a chance to bring this up, but uh, the uh, the the Mountain West, if you remember uh, that, you know, back in the day, they could get four teams too for the first time in a, in a long time. San Diego State and Colorado State; these are the you know two of the top four teams. Begin to the love there at eight o'clock at FS1 tonight. So make sure you guys check that out. Check out some West Coast basketball. You might be seeing one or both of these teams in the tournament. So you make sure you want to check that that you know that game out.
0: Hey, one more game. Of note for Sunday in college basketball, number six Houston, the Cougars, will take on the Cincinnati Bearcats on the road. That's at five o'clock on Sunday on ESPN two. Houston is ranked number six in the country, nineteen and two. Cincinnati checks in with the fifteen and six mark.
1: If you're Cincy, I think this is definitely like one of those games where you you, you need this to kind of get, you know uh, beef up that resume. So if you can beat uh, number six Houston, you know they're underfeeding the conference right now. That'd be a great resume builder.
0: Yep, so that's the weekend schedule for the World of College Basketball. You listen to Second City Sports right here on SportsZone Chicago, the Friday edition of the program, the first Friday show for the month of February. Happy Black History Month along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Lakina, we do have an NBA trade to report. Ooh, I just uh, saw this, yeah. Yeah, from Adrian Wojnarowski, the Clippers are trading guard Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a pick to the Portland Trailblazers for... Da-da-da. Norman Powell and Robin Coverting's Chicago's <laughs> very young. Uh, yes. So you expect me to read off Damian Lillard's name? That Sorry. did not happen. Sorry. That did not happen. So one more, again, as the kids will say. Yes, the please. The Clippers are trading Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson in a pick to the Blazers for Norman Powell and Robin Coverting. That is it. So Damian Lillard, as of right now, say, is, is a member of the Portland Trail Blazers.
1: <laughs> yeah that's that. that's kind of crazy that you know, that's basically like half their bench so maybe they're dumping salary maybe they think you know they have a shot to perhaps maybe go beyond you know get out of that playing game the Clippers or right look Steve Ballmer is like kind of one of the you know the craziest you know owners I've seen so who knows what he has <laughs> in his head but it uh, okay I mean look I think they need that more help off the bench, and they pal and also Covington can kind of do that for him, so uh, we'll we'll see. I mean that that's a lot to give up, but you know, Bledsoe. I think the had a struggle this season with the Clippers, so maybe they figured that they had to mm-hmm. give up on him.
0: All right, Lakina, we have some sports media news to pass along to you. Let's start out locally here in Chicago. ESPN One Thousand. Uh, we congratulate Fred mm-hmm. Hubener on his retirement. He retired early this year. Of hey. course, he worked at six, yeah, so he worked at Six Seventy to score for many years. He's one. Of the, he was one of the pioneers over there when, to help get. Uh, Local sports radio off the ground, of course. He was been he worked with ESPN radio here in Chicago for the last decade or so. He retired at at their start of this year. Uh, their weekend programming has uh, gotten a little uh, has gotten a a big boost. Of course, you have White Sox Weekly kicking it off on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Of course, our guy Pat Boyle for NBC Sports Chicago in front of the show, of course, with uh the the hockey show at 10 o'clock from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. starting tomorrow on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Good friend of the show, Miss Dion Miller, Yay. will co-host the weekend show with Peggy Kaczynski, Kaczynski I should Kaczynski. say, <laughs> uh, the former uh, NBC5 sports anchor reporter here in Chicago. Of course, she has a podcast with her son on the Barroom Network. So those two love you ladies who knows a heck of a lot more sports they than do. anybody around, those two will co-host. Exactly, exactly. So uh, Dion Miller and Peggy Kaczynski will co-host uh, ESPN Weekend's ESPN Chicago weekends on Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Lakina, I cannot wait. My Saturday plans have changed a little bit, so I guess <laughs> I can watch the best of Soul Train uh, via my DVD or YouTube <laughs> at 9 in the morning so I can listen to those lovely ladies live and in living color. It'll be. Yeah, Thanks. so for those of you that cannot get ESPN uh, 1,000, Outside the Chicago area, just download the ESPN Chicago app or yeah. the ESPN app, and it'll connect you to ESPN Chicago. Lakina, this is a return for Peggy Kaziski. Uh, remember, she had the extra point mm-hmm. uh, 19 years ago when yes. she was last on that station before she took the job at NBC Five. And that's how I found out that Ron Artest, who was a rookie with the Chicago Bulls back yes, in the day, now uh-huh. I've met a real peace. That's how I found out through her show that Ron Artest was broke. Now I knew why he was broke because he was trying to get some deals for some woofers at Circus City. I'm telling my age, but oh, <laughs> she had a great <laughs> show on that station way back when the ESPN 1000 in Chicago was just starting up, and now yep. she's back at the station. Her and Dion Mel will both do a great job.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see those two having great, uh, great chemistry. I know they, they've, you, know, you know, they've been colleagues for a while. I know they, mm-hmm. know, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad, you know, shout out to Nate Zimmerman, you know, for making this move. And I think, like mm-hmm. it was like they, it was open up, you know, thanks to of course, you know, Freddie, you know, Freddie Hubner, um, retiring. So this is a, a great move, you know, by them. And I think they're going to do a great job. And I'll definitely be checking out the podcast.
0: Yes. Yeah, so congratulations to those lucky ladies. We had to get uh, De- Deion Miller back on the program very soon. Soon, I know she's busy, but we got to definitely get uh Peggy Kaczynski uh, on this show, uh, down the line. So, like I said, we have great respect for both of these uh lovely ladies, they know their sports, uh, they know what mm-hmm. they're talking about. Uh, they're going to engage with the fans, uh, I'm sure, and they're going to br- bring great insight in a different perspective than uh, the, the other hosts that you hear around town. So, this is a, a, be a great lot of fun. Uh, step up, yeah. Yeah, speaking of. Yeah. And speaking of uh, keeping with our thing with um, uh, ladies in the media on February 9th, which is next week is coming up Mm -hmm. very close. ESPN will have their uh, NBA uh, telecast with the uh, the the jazz, I believe the Golden State Warriors. Uh, We're going to have an all female crew in front of the camera and behind the camera. Beth Mowins and Doris Burke will be calling the action for that game this coming Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and also Lisa Saltz will be doing the sideline reporting yes. as well. And look, I, I think look, look, we know Beth Mullins, and look, they're you know she's called pretty much every sport for ESPN, you know, from college and pro, yeah. and she's damn good. And we know Dora's book is, is is damn damn good at her job too. So you know, this is a, a great you know thing that ESPN has you done. Know, they've done it before, so I, I think you know this is a, a great move by them. So yeah, it should it should be a it should be all should be should be a great game too. Not just the fact that they're going to be you know all women. You know, in front mm-hmm. and behind the behind the scenes, but it's good. Yeah, so it, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun, and I'll definitely be tuning into that game, that Warriors Jazz game, next Tuesday. I mean, next Wednesday. I should say. Yeah, my bad. Yeah,
0: so that should. Yeah. So that should be a whole lot of fun. Any of the, anything else that's then you need to get off your chest before we close up shop for this week?
1: Well, we want to give a shout out to another friend of the show, our buddy Mark Grody. He's been. You know, tap to uh, the first sort of like the first part of you know the first like three days of the uh, score overnights. Of course, you know Les Groves and Sally you know passed away suddenly a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. And you know, shout out to uh, Mitch Rosa for wanting to keep it live and local. So he's gonna mm-hmm. do it. You know, Mark's gonna do it for like, the first three days. And They're gonna have a rotation of hosts. Your, your buddy Chris Rongji, Sid, who's uh, of course, you know, Chris is a big White Sox fan. For those who people who don't know, he's gonna be. Part yeah, of he that used rotation
0: to do a White Sox host. pre and post game show. Yes, yeah, yes. when they had the White Sox on y- years ago.
1: Yeah, so he's gonna be you know a part of the rotation of hosts. I'll be doing it on the nights that mm-hmm. Mark isn't doing it. So I'm glad that um, that Midge decided to kind of keep it local. And look, that, that I don't know how you know. Like we we were talking about it last you know a few weeks ago when uh Grabber passed away suddenly you know I don't know how he did it you know midnight to five you know five a.m like that's, that's especially if we if we have games you know we have West Coast Cubs games you know and Bulls games and things like that. You know, and for all you are wondering, Mark's still going to do the the Bears, you know, sidelines and stuff. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. you know the the schedule will probably be a little bit more sporadic when he does it during the Bears season. But yeah, I'm I'm happy for him and the other guys are going to be doing it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad. And also, too, uh, you should go uh, at Mark Groys' sports. He's been here sharing some pretty interesting stories about this new gig. And uh, his his dad's not very happy with him either, so (laughs) (laughs) just for him too. So.
0: One more note before we close out, shout Lakina, like where were you at on this date 15 years ago? Y- years ago today.
1: I don't I for I think my mind's starting to go. <laughs> I think that's why my old age is showing, but yeah, I have no I for, <laughs> I, I, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot
0: where it was. Today is the 15-year anniversary of the Indianapolis Colts defeating oh, the yes. Chicago uh, Bears yeah. in Super Bowl, Super Bowl 41. Of course, 41, this was yep. the Super Bowl that featured two. Uh, black American head coaches in Lovey Smith for the high. Bears and in- Tony Dugy of the Indianapolis Colts. Lakin, like, you know, I was working at Sporting News Radio in Northbrook, in Chicago. Uh, they wanted me to go down there, but they couldn't work it out for me to go uh, do my thing down there because I would have been happy, as you know <laughs> what, as a Bears fan working in this industry and covering the team that I grew up watching up close. But I was back in the studio, you know, running the board and watching that game. Of course, Devin Hester, who's up for the Hall of Fame this year, uh, he's, he's the first, the only man up to this point to run back an opening kickoff for a touchdown mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Of course, the Bears scored on the next possession on the Musa Muhammad touchdown catch from a uh, uh, touchdown pass from Rex Grossman. Of course, in the second half, the Bears only scored three points. Of course, Prince performed with the FAMU band at halftime, which rain. was great. But that performance was better than the Bears' second half mm-hmm. performance. Of course, we remember from the Bears, Cedric Benson fumbled the ball. Briggs Grossman fumbled the ball a couple of times. Of course, there was raining throughout periods mm-hmm. of that game. Yep. Uh, Cedric business injured his knee. Of course, Ron Rivera and Lovey Smith uh, went at it. Uh, philosophy-wise, of course, that prompted Ron Rivera to leave. Yep. Uh, and of course, everybody and their mama wanted to get paid off the Bears following that loss. Uh, it, <laughs> it was just crazy following that game, but... Uh, that, that's the anniversary I wanted to share with you guys as we close up shop here today. It, it's a, it's a difference of what the two franchises are at right now. Of course, in Annapolis, they still treading water, even though Frank Reich is a good, very good head coach, the Bears are still trying to get it right. Of course, after Lovey Smith, he had Trestman, uh, John Fox, Matt Nagy, now Matt Eberflus to try to get this team back to glory.
1: It, it, I remember that game very well, and it's sort of one of those you know games where you're sort of like you know, there are people there you know chanting for Brian Greasy. You know, if, if Greasy had been out there, maybe they would have had Rex a shot. Rex is a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if that I don't know if that would have been the case. I'm sure if you ask him now, he's not going to tell you if that were the right. case. Not. He's not going to tell you, but uh, I I think they would have had a shot had he had, you know, had they may have pulled Rex and they put him out there. But again, that's mm-hmm. just me, and it it would be perfect to, of course, you know you know, his dad played for the Dolphins and this like that and this and that. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, you wonder what would have happened had they had won it. Could this let off a dynasty? They still had a, a really solid, de- really you know great defense and such. So I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll never know, unfortunately. But yeah, that was, you know, and Peyton, you know, started his run. And of course, you know, Dungy, Tony Dungey became the first black coach, head coach to win a, a Super Bowl title. You know, ironic that we're talking about this, you know, with all the mm-hmm. stuff going on with, the Flores student and such, but yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's definitely actually the a pretty good Super Bowl, even though of course the Bears ended up on the losing end of it. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, especially with, with Hester getting into the Hall of Fame and and such. So you know, we'll find that we'll find that out next weekend of Avi, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, should be yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, that was a a very uh. Not a good memory for Bears fans, but definitely a, a good Super Bowl, though. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we'll have one this year too, because yeah, last the year, strange,
0: yeah. The strange thing about it was the Bears were in that game to race Grossman through that interception in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I were, forgot who picked it up. Was it Bob Sanders? I know he made the hit yeah. on on um, uh, uh, on Cedric uh, Benson, but Sanders?
1: I think it was Sanders. I think Sanders was the one. I think that that caught that interception. I, I think I'm
0: not. Sure. I, I'll look at it this weekend as I have one half of my face closed <laughs> looking at the highlights, but. Oh, the Bears were still in it, but, you know, uh, Thomas Jones, who was the starting running back on that team, of course, he left Uh, after yep. that. Of course, Cedric yes. Benson had the starting job for that next year. It was ugly, as you know. That, that. But, that, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but let, I, I'll purge off this camera about that 0 The way, at least the way it ended. was it, uh, <laughs> boy. All right, uh let, let me shut up and you close up shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, also to uh you get to you know, for those of you who are going to uh, Wintrust wind trust arena tomorrow, you get to see uh LeBron's kid, Bronny is gonna be his Sierra Canyons uh team is gonna be playing at, at all at a uh, windrust Arena, I should say. So that should be a fun. I'm mm-hmm. sure tickets are kind of selling hotcakes for that game. So I I forgot who they're playing. I thought they were playing one of the area teams, but I gotta look that up right quick. But you can follow me at McGee on the Twitter and at Keynote McGee on the IG.
0: Shout out to Amando! You have a great weekend as well. Great too, to Armando. see you back and healthy and, and uh, watching us. Tell tell everybody you know about us on Second City Sports. Uh, you can follow yours truly, Sidney Brown, aka Sid the Kid. You can follow me on the Twitter and the IG, ck 80 Once again, that kid 80 That's S I D K I D eight zero, S I D K I D eight zero. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you uh, download our podcast, uh, Courtesy of War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine boxes, WARR on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on all social media platforms at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And they're playing Simeon tomorrow. So they're one of okay. the top teams in the state. So if you guys get a chance, if that's an eight o'clock game. Make sure you guys check that out. I think they're in the top five, I think, in the country. Simeon. I think they only got one, they only have one loss. So. You know, if you, I, I, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be on TV. I'm sure it's going to be ESPN Plus. will have us, or I'm sure someone's going to have it on YouTube and such. So make sure.
0: Right. You it. <laughs> yeah, check YouTube. Someone's going to put something up.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so
0: <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we like to thank uh, Caitlin Sharkey, friend of the show from five thirty Chicago Sports, for hopping on with us. Uh, you can check her out uh, uh, weekdays. And I think she's going back to doing uh, the Sports Zone, uh, the Sunday Night Show with Luke Canellas every Sunday night from ten. Uh, to 1030 locally here mm-hmm. in Chicago on Fox 32. So check her out and make sure you follow her at K Rose Sharkey, the lady K Rose Sharkey on Instagram and Twitter. So make sure you catch this show, Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. Once again, every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on on Chicago.
1: And, you know, make sure you guys be careful out there, folks. I know it's a little cold and I know we're doing a lot of snow right now. Um, just make sure you do, don't walk, don't run. You know, if you try to shovel snow, pace yourselves. And if you're not going to get vaccinated, you'll know, wear your mask, wash your hands, and mind your business. We're sitting <laughs> on the can. This is second City sports on Sports Snow Chicago. And we'll see you Monday, you know, with Super Bowl week starting Monday.
0: Till then, go, Bulls. Hava.